Hey everybody, what's up? It's the Cho. Did you know that we are on Patreon now? We sure are. Go over there and you can get additional uh, content by subscribing. There are different levels of sponsorship. Pick the one you like and uh, we'll uh, do some cool shit for you. Also, did you know that, yes, I had to come plug this into the podcast later because I'm an idiot. Love you. Bye. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the Cho. Tour updates here tonight. We are in Los Angeles at Largo. Uh, tomorrow night, September 28th, San Diego. October 7th, Memphis. October 8th, Knoxville. And we got Knoxville again the next night. Then we're on to Iowa City, Iowa, Lincoln, Nebraska, Springfield, Missouri, Des Moines, Iowa, Seattle, Washington, Eugene, Oregon. Whole bunch of stuff. You can, you can grab all these at, of course, wellreadcomedy.com. W-E-L-L-R-E-D, comedy.com, spelled just like the podcast. A lot of shows are selling out, so grab them quick. We have added shows in multiple cities. And thank you guys so much. This So far, we're in a couple weeks into the new tour, and it's been absolutely insane. Um, we've also got dates in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., New York, New York, Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina, Denver, Colorado, Chattanooga, Tennessee, Nashville, Tennessee, Orlando, Florida, Clearwater, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, Portland, Oregon, and Asheville, North Carolina, with a whole bunch that we still have not even announced yet. Texas, we're coming, I promise. So uh, subscribe to our newsletter on wellreadcomedy.com. Also, go grab our book if you have it, The Liberal Redneck Manifesto, Dragon Dixie Out of the Dark. Uh, next month, uh, in October, it actually comes out on paperback. We've got a brand-new design and a brand-new forward uh, to the book. So a lot of exciting stuff. Thank you guys so much. We love you. Enjoy this episode with the one, the only, Bert Kreischer, a.k.a. The Machine. Love you so much. And skew. Well, 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 red. Oh, it was sorry. gross to me for some reason. Was sparkling water? Are we it's on? Is that way, what you're telling me? It's a great me? way to uh, to quit drinking. Is sparkling water? So yeah, like uh, in a few run-ins I've had with not drinking. <laughs> <I've>, uh, <laughs> I met that guy once. I was, uh, I always, um, I always try to make sure that I can, uh, like that, because I, I like having drinks. I don't know if I like the actual act of imbibing. Yeah, I like drinking. I know, I know exactly what. Anytime I have a run in with not drinking, yeah. I have. To, I'm the same way. I'll get either like a soda water with lime, or yeah. or a tonic water with lime, or whatever, or orange juice on the rocks, or something that's like similar to a cocktail, but yeah. isn't because it's same thing. Like you said, it it's like I I don't know. It spills. I like sitting at a bar. I like ordering a drink. Right. I, I like. I love diet cokes. I know they're fucking bad for you. But I love Diet Cokes. How bad for you are they? Are they worse than Cokes? I'll tell you this. <laughs> my buddy, my buddy, uh, has a problem when he's a small esophagus. So meat gets caught in there often. So he'll be eating dinner and if he doesn't chew it well enough, it gets trapped in his esophagus and he starts to choke. But he does, he can breathe, but he can't get food through there. So water right. builds up. It's like he's being waterboarded. Holy God. And he was By like, God. Yeah, shit. <laughs> Dude, it, it is. It is exhausting to go to a steakhouse with him because you it, just eating like we had a burger the other day. We were in Australia and he was like, he was like, and I watched him and I go, is it happening? And he's like, it is happening. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And he's got to work it through. He went online and he was like, he was in, I guess, in Minneapolis and he had gotten a piece of pork chop stuck in there 
And he was like, I guess I got to go. It's been eight hours that it's stuck in there. I got to go to the hospital. And he went online and someone said, just have a sip of Diet Coke. It'll go right down. So he went and he doesn't drink Diet Coke ever. Got a Diet Coke, drank it, and it went right down. And he was like, that can't be good for Diet Coke. Oh, shit. (laughs) Because the Coke starts destroying the meat so quickly that it breaks it down. Oh, wow, because yeah, it's like acidic or whatever. Well, you when said I, he's got to work through it. Do you mean like he just has to wait around and just hope that it? I mean, does, other than the diet coke, just does like, stuff like this, right? Yeah, and you're like, oh, yeah, dude. It gives. I've had, I've had big. I've, I obviously I live life. My therapist said I live life with an exclamation point. Yeah, so I take big <laughs> bites of everything. Yeah, I don't. I eat fast. I drink fast. Mm-hmm. I probably die young. But uh, but I had um, I had a big bite a steak one time like a ridiculous bite of steak and it wasn't like a super nice piece of meat so there was no chewing it yeah and i and i had i had it going down my throat so slow and i was like this is what choking feels like <laughs> yeah. and then finally it got down and i felt like i had been raped and my throat was like <laughs> i was like I, I don't feel cool with that steak what it did to me i regret it <laughs> I understand that we went to his apartment consensually, but the way it handled me was not cool. <laughs> I've been there with noodles, and it sucked. Noodles? Yeah, like well, it's like I could breathe, but like nothing about him makes sense, Bart. Wait, yeah, I love this. By the way, are you saying that sometimes you've had noodles start going down your throat, but they're also in your mouth? That's right, yeah, right. There too. Yeah, 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 man. They're like it's sticking out his mouth, but they're also halfway like, to his stomach. Yeah, it's but just I'm like, sitting there breathing and the noodle is like going why can't you bite it in half you can but that you can't I mean your teeth don't go all, it's still kind of hanging out your throat and uh-huh. you reach back there and grab Pull it, it out. It's terrible. and you have to spit it back up into your mouth uh-huh. <laughs> I've done that with meat like a piece of gristle between two pieces of meat right. yeah. and, and I had to jerk it out yeah. 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 I, did it, I did it with uh, with um, there was a we went to this restaurant and they had queso dip but it, it, was, it wasn't necessarily queso it was more like fondue like, but it wasn't even fondue. It was still very, very thick. They, they did what they do out here. I went to a place out here, and I, I don't know if it was my accent or what, but I ordered this queso fundido they had, and the guy was like, "You know, it's not liquid, right? It's like baked or whatever." It's and I was, baked cheese. I, I was yeah. Like, okay, well that's fine, but but then it comes out, and it's I mean it's it's not cut, a dip at all. I it's cut like it with a, a knife. You have to, yeah. and then it's I like a cheese stick. It. I start chewing right. it, and it starts going, and I start swallowing. Mm-hmm. But I'm still like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm st- I'm still like. 75% chewing left to do in the mouth. Yeah. But I've already got 25% of it down my throat, and I started panicking, and I'm at a table with everyone. You ready to hear the worst? This is the worst. The worst. I'm at a meeting with Travel Channel. I had just gotten a sitcom greenlit, so everyone's excited, and they all decide to buy a round of drinks. It's a noon meeting, and whoever's running the meeting, I think her name is Karen, was like, you know what? Let's celebrate. Let's all get a cocktail. And I was like, great. And so I'm, I'm feeling it. So I go, yeah, and then I go, can I get a, I, I'm going to take the uh, the Caesar salad. And he goes, uh, it comes with anchovies. I go, I love anchovies. I'm living life. Yeah. <clears throat> First bite, I take a big bite of anchovy, and an anchovy bone gets uh, stuck uh-uh. in the middle of my throat, and I can hear it humming like a bow, just <sighs> as I <laughs> breathe. And I'm like, uh, and I'm fucking freaking out. Yeah. I'm literally like. Oh my god! So I start eating bread, not helping. Um, <clears throat> I'm like trying to clear my throat, not helping. I go into the bathroom. I murder my drink, thinking anxiety's kicking in. I go into the bathroom, and I take toilet paper on my finger and I start scraping the back of my throat, trying to get it out. I am trying to throw up. I'm like gagging myself, just in the stall, just and as ha- like maybe 
Five minutes into doing this, I hear the toilet next to me flush, and a guy gets up and leaves, and I'm like, oh, my God. Think you're bulimic? Yeah, it's not, I'm fucking eating and bulimic. But, man, that was the scariest one I've ever had. How'd you get it out? Yeah, what uh, happened? I think I just started, I just said, calm down, and just, I said, the more I eat, something's going to grab this and take yeah. down. So I ate like a wolf. Now, <laughs> and it worked. Oh, yeah, yeah, ultimately, well, yeah. Now, you could breathe. I could breathe. But it was just like there was the anxiety of feeling that in there yeah, or whatever. Oh, oh, yeah, just humming like a bow. I, As I breathe, I could feel it go. I told a story yeah, on the podcast recently, so I won't tell it again. But the the, the short of it is I got temporary braces because my teeth got messed up. And my mouth was numb, and I was tonguing the temporary braces up into my gums. And when the lidocaine wore off, I started sweating and feeling so uncomfortable. And it was like that feeling of something's inside me in a way yeah. that it's not supposed to be. It was uh, quite a day. I took a bunch of pain pills and got drunk and cut those motherfuckers out with a set of wire pliers. <laughs> the first day I got, I have all fake teeth. And... uh me and Drew were just talking about that. Drew was like, so tell Veneers? me about these fake teeth. And I was like, buddy, I don't know yet. I just know yeah. they exist. Um, I, it's a combination. I got my I got hit in the mouth with a baseball bat when I was 11, and they knocked out 26 teeth. Playing the sport Holy. or you popped off and said some shit? My dad, he just said, he was a quick temper. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was playing. Uh, I was playing. I was catcher. Pass ball. I, I block it. It's my birthday, by the way. I block it. <laughs> well, kid swings, and then to break up the play, he swings the bat back to try to, I don't know, whatever. Hits me directly in the mouth. Wait, yeah. to, to do what? To hit you in the face? Oh, I guess, I mean, I'm sure he thought, I'll, I'll hit him in the chat. I don't know what he thought. You know, it might have been just some fucking idiot kid who right. doesn't have a good swing. Yeah. And just, and right, so, right. You just. So, uh, so I got to remind me to tell you something after this. So, okay. uh, so anyway, I block it. I throw it down the third. And the kid swings the backpack, knocks my teeth out. My teeth are on home plate. It's my birthday. You made the throw? I made the throw. My the, man. Threw the kid out. Yeah. Threw the kid out. Yeah. Yeah. Threw the kid out. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so I, ha- I have, and then I also, I've gotten a bunch of accidents since. Once you have teeth problems, I think that just follows you the rest of your life. Yeah. And so I've got, I've got 26 crowns, veneers, bondings, like just all the different things you could have in your mouth. Posts, uh, I have uh, like implants, and um, I don't know what, why I was talking about this. We have been talking about getting. Ch- he was talking, about, was talking he about ripping cut his braces out of so his own first, mouth. So, so the the first did you cut them out of your mouth? <laughs> Temporary yeah. braces, but yeah, he was on pills and it, <laughs> with wait. a set of wire. Like I said, I told the story literally two weeks ago on the podcast. Oh my! I'll God. tell the full one for you when we're done here. <laughs> and so I, I get in ninth grade. I'm going to ninth grade. I'm into chicks. And I realized I want to step up my teeth game. Like I, at the time, I think all they had replaced was like eight teeth or like ten teeth, and then left the back ones and left everything. It just looked bad. I could still use them; they just looked bad. They were chipped and whatever. And so they put—they're gone now because they replaced them. But they put my two canines in, like the vampire teeth. Yeah, and they made them long as shit. Uh. Like if you look at pictures of me, they're long as shit. And uh. And I, on pain pills, I'm like, it feels weird, feels weird. And then I, I'm, I'm in ninth grade and I get up in the middle of the night and I go and look at them and I fucking lost it and I almost ripped them out of my head. And my dad walked in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm going, and my dad's like, calm down. It just feels weird today. It'll get better. Yeah. And so I went, but this is before anyone knew about anxiety. So I went into bed and then just fucking panicked all night. Mm -hmm. And then 
the next day, the first thing, of course, you know, all boys Catholic high school. Yo, yo, Count Dracula, what's up with your fucking team? <laughs> right, right, of course. Well, that's literally what happened to me, but I was 26 and there was no dad around, so I cut yeah. those motherfuckers out. So he cut them out. out. Yeah. <laughs> Ripped them out with pliers. I had to call the dentist's office the next day and cancel my appointment. That lady, she was like, w- w- those aren't permanent. You got to get them out. I was like, I already cut them out. Just Jesus. silence on the other end for like five seconds. You cut them out yourself? <laughs> and I'm sure I Boston sounded so he, redneck. He's in too. Boston, you know, talking to a Boston lady who works at a doctor's office with that accent. It's like, no, nah, I cut them out already. It was just like, couldn't you handle know, it. Fully uh, confirming her whole deal. I cut <laughs> them out. I had a, we, we, that episode he's talking about, we talked a lot about our teeth and how they're all fucked up in, you know, true like hillbilly fashion. An addendum to that, I was at the hospital this morning having a CT scan done on my sinuses just to see yeah. I got sinus deal, nothing like serious. But, uh, when it was over, she goes, so no feelings, huh? And I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah, I knew that that there were no. I, I had no idea whether I did or did not. Like, if she'd asked me before that, I would have been like, I don't, I don't no even idea. know. <laughs> but but apparently, no feelings. So I don't know if that's. But she said I it. Guess like, that means you've never had a cavity. Well, she said that she means said, he's never had a cavity taken care of. But she yeah. followed it up. He could absolutely can, just be riddled with cavities. Can uh, you see cavities on CT Because she followed it up there with be holes. Yeah, she followed it up with no fillings, huh? Just perfect teeth. That's what she said. Which and they're not unless they're, they're real. Fucking, unless they're real tiny. Yeah, they'd show because you'd have a yeah. hole. You'd, no, you de- well, definitely see steel in your mouth. I and mean, they filled it with like but, like. It no, no, I'm be, talking about cavities. But it wouldn't be her oh, job. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, you wouldn't see cavities. Did she wouldn't it be say no on a CT no, scan? No, on a CT scan, you wouldn't see cavities. Okay. Well. Yeah, no I just realized I don't know what a CT scan she is. She said no fillings, either perfect or healthy teeth, one is the mm-hmm. one she said. And you should have said, no, poverty. Well, so you yeah. know what I'm going to do? <laughs> just like the time before, I'm going to take that and... I, I have already interpreted that to mean I don't need a dentist. I'm fine. <laughs> Trey, CT lady said you it's fine. have an, an extra, extra tooth. tooth. I need you a need dentist. a dentist really badly. What do you mean you have an extra tooth? Oh. Yeah. yeah don't look at I it too closely. Should turn he be to down stone. there? Did he just show up? Like- he should be down this, the one right under it. That's a baby tooth that never came out, and I didn't even know it. Yeah, buddy. Just, just just poverty shit. I know, yeah. See, this is how white trash Trey is. He just has so many babies. He's even got baby <laughs> teeth. Yeah. He had a baby tooth that never came. You know, Isla, that was yeah. happening to Isla. Yeah. And we were just like, yo, we're pulling that shit out. Right. Yeah. Because you're a responsible adult parent. Yeah, but I didn't handle it responsibly. I said, look, grab onto it tight, okay? And she did. And then I went, boo! And she went, Grr! and got scared and it's jarred it really loose. Yeah. Nice. And was like, all right, now we're, now we're taking it out. No, I found that out when I was like 19 or 20, something like that. They, like I had just, I actually had two, both my canines, the baby teeth had never come out. One of them did. And, th- and that one came down the way it's supposed to, but the other one just like never come out, came out. And I just never went and fucked with it. It was my white trash. Well, at the at the time, also, I did. I had no kind of insurance at all, and right. no money and whatnot. So I just never fucked with it, and it's been that way since my early twenties. And also, so. I think I knew you like over a year before I ever even noticed it. So I mean, yeah, it wasn't like it was you know, affecting you your life. Yeah. To you know, you don't whatever. He doesn't smile much. No, when I do, yeah. yeah. I have I have four. I have eight. I have eight of my original teeth in my mouth. I was also born with no enamel on my teeth. And I think I'm having a cavity in between two teeth. I think one of them, I, I cracked a tooth and then I think food got in there for like a month and I never really took care of it. Yeah. And now I have this one, I have to travel with a water pick and water pick my, t- my tooth. But 
I remember there's there's certain people in this world, like Daniel Tosh is one of them, where the, uh, Segura is too, where they say the thing on their mind, even if it it may hurt your feelings, they just mm-hmm. say it. Yeah. Drew's got that a little bit. And it's <laughs> like waiting for one of you to say that I'm <laughs> yeah. that one. Yeah. I I would never say I learned it uh, not to say that Daniel and Tom have a personality disorder, but I heard about this personality disorder where there's like I'm going to I'm butchering psychology. But there's a That's how you okay. me and you have the personality disorder where we do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a type of person, like say you get a new car. There's Three types of people. There's, I think, there's someone who says, say you get a really nice car. There's someone who goes, fuck, I'll never get that. I'll never get that internally. Then there's someone who goes, oh, good for them. And then there's someone that goes, why did you get the cheap sh- seats? Mm-hmm. Um, Tosh and Segura are in between two of those where they say, they don't mean, they don't want anything that you have, but they, they can't. Help themselves from saying something. So Tosh and I are in a pool one day, and he goes, "What's wrong with your back teeth?" And I go, "Huh?" Like someone would just think that. Yeah. And I go, well, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Your back teeth look like they're gross." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, they are." Yeah. Uh, no, Drew. I really wish you could remember the name of that specific personality disorder or whatever you said it was, because yeah, Drew be Drew does, Drew's that guy in this group. I think it's being kind of a dick. It, it kind of kind is. Of like, a, like Segura said to me one time, eyes. he goes, like, I have one tooth that got, that it was a bonding and it came out. And then I think I went to a doctor and just said, hey, just fucking glue it on. Because mm-hmm. I had something to do. And I was like, I don't need it to look perfect. I just need it to look like I, I have a tooth. And so he did, but that tooth gets browner quicker because it's no longer, it's no longer the bonding it was. Right. And I smoke cigars and drink coffee. So it's, it's browner that's like right here. And Segura, one day we're talking, he goes, hey, why don't you just get your teeth fixed, man? You have money. And I go, what, what, are we calling out flaws right now? Yeah. Like, we're just sitting here talking. And, he, and I go, I, I don't know. And he goes, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you have money. Why don't you just get them fixed? And I was like. That feels different than the your teeth are gross comment. It is different, but it's I, I felt identical in both of them. <laughs> yeah. I was like. <laughs> just insulted yeah, yeah. and shameful. I was like, so I was like, you have a personality disorder. Yeah, my, no, my, my personality kidding. disorder is. Um, I don't, I'm the middle guy. I don't care. Like, I am certain, I am certain, and I'm sure you're certain of this, that uh, someone looks at your schedule and goes, what the fuck? Why them? Oh, buddy. <laughs> yes. Tons. I, we, we know, I mean, I hear sometimes secondhand about that. That Yes, that happens From like, a lot. Not friends, but like, you know. Yeah. People that Thought we, we rapped with, yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, the people say that about, uh, said that about me when I was a young comic. I was like. 30 years old and I was headlining and people would be like yo why are you headlining mm-hmm. and you're like I don't I was like I never said that about like Bobby Lee who I think was younger than me like I never said that about like I never I don't look at life that way Dude. I don't look at it as, a, as it's a race that I don't think I don't think we're all in the same foot race right I don't see there a race at all to be honest with you if if there is a race it is Timed independently <laughs> on a track independently. Yeah. And you just got to run as fast as you can. Right. right. I totally agree. It. W- did I not say to you on the way over here, like, it's wild you brought that up because I was wanting to kind of talk t- about some of that with you because yeah. for the reason you said, like, I think I've heard you mention before that you had, you know, had that kind of thing like early on with certain people or whatever. And it's like, I just, 
I don't know. It doesn't. It only has ever bothered me whenever I've heard that it's somebody that like Drew said, it's like that I thought that I was cool with, that I had known or whatever. And then, uh, but like, you know, my objective reaction to that is like, well, fuck, you know, can't do nothing about that. Whatever. We'll just keep doing our thing and it'll, it'll work itself out. But I mean, you know, I'd be lying if I said it didn't like kind of bother me at times, you know, but, but there's like a level of that or having those thoughts where you go, oh, I had a petty thought. And then there's like thinking that those thoughts are justified and that you should share them with other people. And going back to what you're saying about Tom, I, I know he's your buddy. I assume you think he's a good person. I, I love Tom. I, I, I believe I'm a good person, but I'm yeah. not always nice. And like, so like, <laughs> Tom's not always nice. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, and there's, there is a you're difference. You're making him happy right now. Very happy. <laughs> But yeah, like Tom. the thing with the, with with folks, I know there are comics yeah. who work their ass off who look at what's going on with us and they're they're jealous, well, and they might not be able to help that. That jealousy you can is help organic. whether you turn that emotion into actions and talking shit about people and getting bitter, and that's where I go. You're, you're not being a good person now. You you weren't being nice earlier, but now you're just being shitty. But I'll tell you what, and I, to be fair, I think I started. Uh, if, if there is a similarity, I, I started like you guys, um, from out of nowhere doing great. But in, in my experience, in my doing great, it was Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I went from door guy to fucking TV show, door guy to deal with Will Smith, TV show, deal with CBS, TV show. And it, there was just hatred across the board for me. I had very few friends. Uh, Gary Goldman was my friend. Um, Gary Goldman, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I was Good friends. Company. I was friends with. I was friends with, meaning. And I, when I say friends with, I if I saw them in a club, I I could, and and I would even say I'm, I've always been really good friends with Bobby Kelly. But mm-hmm. even Bobby would admit that there were times where he was like, "Why, why you?" I, I don't think I'm not saying that Bobby was jealous or catty, but Patrice. I was friends with Patrice. I was friends with Voss. Did I, I never, I, like, I was, I would say genuine friends with Patrice, but Patrice has got that same fucking vibe Tosh and, and right. Segura have where he would just say, he told me some real honest shit one time where he was like, he was like, I, I feel bad for you. Like we were in, we were in Scotland. We were living together for like a month and I got a deal at, uh, CBS and I got a TV show. And I said, I'm going back to LA. I, I'm going moving back to LA. I'm moving to LA. I was living in New York time. I go moving to LA. I got a TV show. And I, I thought he would say congratulations. I literally thought, here's where he says, congratulations. That's awesome. I'm really proud of you or whatever. And he goes, I feel bad for you. And I said, why? And he goes, cause you don't know anything. He goes, you don't know anything about the business and you're getting put in a situation that's probably going to go away. And when it goes away, you got to realize you're going back to nothing. And I went, what? He's like, you're just a door guy. I was a door guy at the time. I was still a door guy. After I got my deal, my first deal, I moved out to L.A. for seven months, party balls, came home, and I thought I'd just get regular spots at the club. I went right back to door guy. I had a deal. I had fucking six figures in the bank. I went back to door guy to get my fucking spots. My manager owned the fucking club, but he liked the idea that even his door guy. I love you, Barry. You know that. And maybe I'm wrong in assessing this. I think he liked the idea that he was such a great manager right. that he could get door guys deals. Right. You know, right. That, that that was a more compliment on him. I so, like I like the idea that Barry's gonna listen to this. He's not, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, this is our podcast. <laughs> Barry will. 
Barry's like, body, I hear every time they talk shit about me. <laughs> so, so I went. <laughs> Do you think Patrice said that from a place of bitterness and jealousy or like yes. genuine care about his friend who no. he's going to see this happen to him? No, 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 no. It wasn't. Uh, it was bitterness and jealousy with a hint of mentor. Like Patrice and I became. That's what I meant. Like a, but when I say a hint, the subtlest fucking Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Like, uh. If my plane had crashed flying back to L.A., I think there would have been a part of Patrice that was like, ah. <laughs> but the, you guys, I mean, like, I, I, I always say this. No one really, the people that knew Patrice knew Patrice. And that there's, the stories you hear about Patrice are, it's a very different, or when you heard him on radio, that's a very different guy than who he was. And I'm not shitting on him. I would never do that. But there was an honesty to him that was very valuable. Um, a bully there's a bully part of him that was, very valuable that is gone in these days in society. He said to me, he goes, uh, your, your deal's going to go away. You probably won't make a sitcom. And, uh, and he goes, and maybe the TV show goes, maybe it doesn't. He was like, I don't know. I've never heard of FX. And he was like, but, uh, he goes, when they go away, you got to start back from the ground. And I was like, I was like, well, I, don't, I mean, I'm going to have a lot of money. He goes, yeah, great. But what do you have? What foundation do you have? He goes, listen, I don't have any money, but I got a foundation they can't take away from me. I remember hearing this so clearly going like, he's jealous. He He's just jealous. Shut up. You respect him. Leave. You'll see him later. We ended up keeping in touch because of that conversation randomly. He called me one time. Uh, uh, was a long story. He called me a couple times. I went out and saw his taping as in, of his special in Showtime. Um, we kept in touch, and then all my shows went away. And Patrice's words were from his mouth to God's ears. I had fucking nothing. I couldn't. I was sitting in Pan Pacific Park talking to my manager, Vincent Nastry. I had a uh, half a million dollars in the bank. I didn't need money. I had a great car. I had a great house. I didn't need a job. I didn't need anything. And I said, uh, hey, you got to help me get spots. And my manager, Vincent Nastry, love him to death. But he said, I'm not in the business to book chuckle huts. I'm in the business to make movie stars. If you don't want to be a movie star, then I don't know what the fuck to do with you. I'm not getting you a spot. And then I was like, Okay, my business, I'm in the business of comedy. That's all I ever wanted to be was a comic. Mm. I didn't know that TV worked also. Right. And so I got, I got, I, Matt Frost got Aaron to let me, Aaron at the improv to let me host for Drew Carey's on Wednesday nights. And from there I started hosting. And man, I had tons of money and I had people, my wife's best friend said to me one time, I invited them to come see me work and I was hosting and she said at the valet car, she goes, next time you do stand-up, call us. We don't want to see you host. And I was like, I did do stand-up. I did 10 minutes up front. That was eh. my that was my time. That's right. all I could get. But right. it was like such a – there was such a condescending – and there was a, a joy, a real schadenfreude in, in everyone. And I won't say people's names because some of them are my friends now. But there was a real joy in watching me start at the beginning right. after having been on TV and been this like golden child. Right. And I started working the road. I got hooked up with Jay Moore. He was gracious enough to put me on all his tour dates, and I started working with him from there. I mean, you're talking about my daughter was born. George was a, a month away from being born, and my business manager called me and said, you're broke. And I worked her whole first year of her life making 700 bucks on the road, paying for my flights, paying for my hotel, and opening for everyone. That's when I – the second week of that was when I worked with Tosh, and he goes, what's wrong with your teeth? And so <laughs> I worked like that. That's even worse now. <laughs> oh, dude. I can't tell you, but but that foundation thing was the was the key. Right. Was that I wasn't I didn't have foundation. I remember when 
I, I did last comic standing and I put I, I used to put all my eggs in baskets. Uh-huh. I go, this is my fucking break. And during that time, having come from the gifted child who who got everything he wanted first right off the bat, I went to the other side of going like, why him? Right. You know, and then you start getting older and you're like, wait, what the fuck? Like, I'm really like, how come him? You know, but I think you guys haven't had an opportunity to see it from the other side. I think it's a very natural it's a very, very natural feeling because we're in a job where your dreams are attached to it. Yeah. So like it's like it's hard it's hard to quantify. But like uh Dude, I, had I not gone through all that, <clears throat> Tom and I, um, Tom and I, I, Tom and I started working with Jay Moore like 15 years ago, maybe maybe 15 years ago, 14 years ago. Um, had that not, Tom was the host, I was the feature. I mean, it was set up whenever we worked together. Tom was first, I was second every time. And then one day, Tom just leapfrogged me in a massive fucking way, where I was like. I remember, I remember saying, it was when I said, hey, are you doing Philly? And he said, yeah. I said, you should do Preston and Steve. And he was like, uh, I don't think so. I said, no, they're really great. And he goes, well, my shows are already sold out. And I go, oh, you there? are you there next week? And he goes, no, I'm there in two months. And I was like, huh? I go, your shows are sold out already? And he was like, yeah, yours aren't? And I was like, I, mean, I, I don't even know. And by the fact that I don't, by the nature of the fact that I don't know, the answer is no, they're not. Right, right. And so I was like, hold on, your shows are sold out? And then he's like, yeah, all my shows are sold out. DC sold out. Uh, Philly sold out. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm making the, I'm making the leap to theaters next year. And I was like, hold on. And I was like, I remember sitting there. I was, and by the way, I had a TV show at the time. Very natural instinct would be jealous. But having gone through what you guys are at right now and being on the other side and then going back to the mm-hmm. other side where people were like jealous again, you go, oh, I just need to celebrate him. Right. Yeah. When, when Ar- I remember Ari slipped up one time and said how much he made at a gig, and uh, he was like, "Well, why would I do that when I can make fifty two thousand? And I was like, "Huh?" Oh, yeah. I was like, "You're making fifty? Where were you?" Like, and but a, 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 another person will be jealous. But I look at it and I go, "Whoa, that's really cool." So I, I'm empathetic with the people that are jealous of you. However, I'm more empathetic of where you guys stand because you guys came. You guys were outliers. You didn't right. do. The natural, you didn't park cars at the store right. to get your way up. You said, let's use this medium that no one in L.A. is fucking with. Right. Where the people that are fucking with aren't doing stand-up. Right. I don't think the majority of them are doing stand-up. No, no, well, I, so, all right. So I did you, park cars at the Comedy Catch whenever there was a big act in, but not all the time. <laughs> I, you know, I, I started there for Dio Hughley. <laughs> one time, this is the shittiest I've ever felt in my life. I was at the Comedy Catch. It was probably like I was six or seven years ago. I was going bald, but hadn't accepted it yet. So I just had like the fucking strings hanging down, yeah. you know. And I was fatter than I am now, which is already fat. And uh, I'm parking Dio Hughley's car, and he's late. And so I'm out there, and I've got the flashlight, and I'm just like, I'm about to meet Dio Hughley. And he gets out of the car, smoke just rolls the fuck out, and I'm sitting there with a the flashlight. He walks up, he's on his cell phone, and he has a cigar, and he's got his sunglasses on. He passes me, and I'm just, I look how I just said that I looked, but I'm also sweating. And he, on the phone, he stops, he goes, hold on just a second. Puts his phone down, looks at me, takes his glasses off, and he goes, god damn, 
you look dapper as a motherfucker, don't you? And then just like walk on. I was like, God damn it. I got to get my life together. Oh, uh, yeah. I was going to say, because you ended on this note, I was like, I always try to be clear. And I do mean this, at least objectively. Like, you know, I mentioned earlier, the only time that that shit bothers me is when it's somebody that I thought that I was cool with or that I have known from like before. And, that, and that's ones, only happened a couple of times. But those like, are the ones that those are the ones that do it the worst. Right. Uh-huh. Well, that, but when it's other people that I don't know, because of that last thing you said, which is like, so far as I'm aware, yeah, almost all of like internet people or internet comedians or YouTube comedians or whatever either don't do stand up or didn't until that happened and then like started and so and that's not the case with me i've been had been doing stand-up for six years when the videos went viral but not out here in the south and like so i totally understand why a lot of people would just immediately assume that about me or whatever like i you know i get it like i said is it a thing that bothers me yeah but i don't like hold it against people personally because I also am sympathetic to that. Like, I mean, I, you know, I get it, man. I understand why that kind of thing is out there. Well, for for me, you know, this is like the gift of my career setting to my left right now as it, as it stands. And I was doing it the way that you're talking about. I'd been in New York for three years. I'd gotten past it, you know. The shitty clubs that you start at first, I won't say them by name. Comedy seller. Yeah. Then you get, start getting past the better ones. You know, I started getting like spots here and there at the stand on like the house shows and all that stuff. And I was very much in love with the idea of the integrity of the process. Like I had bought into this notion that you go there and it did make me better. There's some truth to that. Like it, I was grinding it out. I was, barking in the village i barked at louie one night and i made him chuckle because i told him to get on the, the fucking sidewalk like a human if he won't come to my comedy show <laughs> but like i was doing all that and i was romanticizing the shit out of it and when i left tennessee i told him i said you're the funniest person i know you're never gonna make it yeah get until you leave like yeah. you've got to figure so it out in knoxville you gotta you, know? you gotta figure it out uh, that you got, box you get, of a comedy club. Yeah, yeah, it's I not was, even there anymore. That I got they tore fired from, got and fired now the same day via email. I did the very last show there ever. The last I like that room. Did. Someone was talking about buying it the other day. Did they tear it down? No, they no. Didn't tear I it down. I was it a good there. room? Yeah, the, I mean, if the, the, the crowd, room, yeah, it, the shape of it. Yes, yes, yes. The room of the room was good. The room was good, but. I told him you're not going to make it or whatever, and then he did what he did and proved me wrong in such an huge way and so i have an interesting perspective on what you're talking about because i i guess i always saw myself as being one of those people who's going to slug it out and go through it and all that stuff and then this happened and it's like well of course i'm not going to say no of course i'm not gonna be like nah dude look i can't you know like i gotta do it the right or what the fuck ever i look at it like my friends a draw yeah wants me to open for him you know what i mean like that's do it the right way is the thing every comic says right and by the way I'll say this about two guys that, that, uh, or uh, just one guy, cause I know he's my friend and I know that he, I, I think me and him talked about this. There were a lot of guys hating on Steve O. There are a lot of guys still hating on Steve O. Right. Because, because he didn't come from, he didn't right. work his way up the ranks. Right. Listen, I will say this. I will say this, not about you guys, but about like, maybe about like, there is a, there is a camaraderie, a, um, a, a, a brotherhood that I share simply with the guys that work the door at the store because I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club and I worked my way up that. That's just a brotherhood that you have 
where like me and Ari know that feeling of wanting it so bad and having no opportunity other than to get a job there and have everyone look down at you. That's but that's interesting you say that because I've been in New York as a guy who wanted to get the door job and I was 10th in line for that. Yeah. Like I'm looking at the door guy going, man, if that dude's looking down on me. I want that fucking job. You yeah. know what I mean? And then it's like you get there and then there's still another level of people looking down on you. The biggest mistake, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not assuming I don't, but I'm, I don't know that what you guys are doing with this or not. The biggest mistake that the average, um, a uh, person who can sell a ticket, who who came back came at it a um a sideways way right. like Steve-O or Joe McHale or uh or or Nick Tom Foley. Green or like uh or Colin Jost who's that he hosts Weekend Update with Michael he Che he was a head head rider Saturday Night Live and he sells tickets oh yeah yeah uh but did, did he not well, do stand up nope oh he really did. Oh, I didn't know that shit I didn't know he didn't do stand up either no, I, I didn't mean, know that I, I didn't, didn't know, know I don't what? know who he is so yeah how would I know that but uh but yeah well like Mick Foley who I yeah, Mick Foley, Mick right, Foley. Yeah. Perfect example. Love that dude as a wrestler. I've never seen his act or whatever, but. But the thing that, the, the one thing, and I, there was a guy that, uh, was out of New York, got a, came out, got a big sitcom. And it was the big mistake I made. It was a, it was a note Patrice gave to me that I did not listen to. Was when you have all this heat going on in your life, go get past it all the fucking clubs and make sure you're working all the fucking clubs so that when it goes away or when it lulls or when right. or when you decide to stop the road and do a project and you take a year off from the road that you have a home to go to. I never did that. Uh When I came out here, I never did that when I was on TV. I didn't clear my surpass of the improv. Right. I didn't try. I'd do a spot there, didn't pass the Laugh Factory, didn't try to pass at the store. And then when I started going down to my foundation and I – started working my way back up, I my ego was too big to try to pa- get past it anywhere because my ego was such that I was like I was like I'm on the road all week. I'm I got like I had a couple TV shows. I'm not going to fucking work the door at the comedy. I'm not going to park cars at the comedy store. I had a TV show and I called uh, I've said this a million times but probably no one but I had a TV show at the time. I had two kids. We were about to have Isla. We were about to have Isla. I had um one kid. I was headlining around the country. And I called to Steve Byrne and Ahmed said, you need to work at the store. And Tommy at the store said, yeah, buddy, you got to park cars first. I can get you a job parking cars. I was like, I have a fucking TV show. You want me to park cars? You're out of your fucking mind. My ego is past it. So I was like, I guess I'll never work at the store. The, and, I, and I was cool with that. I, was I, like, I got to defend you on that, though. I'm not saying that dude should have passed you immediately. He's a fucking idiot. But like park, <laughs> parking cars. Parking cars was yeah, a like, big. He should have. He was like, you got to hang out, man. You got to hang out here. You got to be here. I got to see you. I got to see you. And I was like, yeah, I'm not parking cars, bro. I have a TV show. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind. Right. And then I, I was like, I'm sorry. I made the wrong phone call. I hung up. And he called me back. And he goes, I'm sorry. Who am I talking to? And I said, you're talking to Burt Kreischer, the guy who's never going to work at the store. And I was like, I apologize for wasting your time. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I said, look, I have a TV show. I'm a headlining comic. I tour the country. I, am, I apologize for wasting your time. I just simply had talked to Steve Byrne and Ahmed, Brett Ernst, and Sebastian, and everyone was like, you need to work at the store. I literally thought it would be a parallel transition into, look, I didn't think I was going to get the great spots, but a place I could start working out and hanging out with my friends. Right. I didn't mean to waste your time, and I hung up. Never called back. And then uh, very recently, I uh, Adam Eget at the store was like, dude, we want you working at the store. Now I work at the store. 
and I, and I'll tell you, it's it. I it's still my problem. I went by the improv the other night because I don't spend enough time there because all my friends were at the store. So if I'm gonna have the night out, I go to the store and fucking have my night out. Do my I can do three sets at the store as opposed to one over at the improv. So I just go fuck it. I'll do three sets at the store, and that's my. But that's the biggest. This guy came out, got a sitcom, big sitcom, and I told him, I said, dude, I am in it right now. I don't have spots anywhere, and I've been on TV for two years. You need to get in at these clubs. And he's like, he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm making a lot of money. I don't think I'm going to be doing spots. I, you know, and I was like, no, 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 no. That is the biggest mistake. And he didn't do it. And that guy's career is not in a great place right now because he just can't get, he can't get up. He can't get up because no one ever knew him. Right. And when he says his credit now, they're like, huh? But if you right. had said it then, if right. you had said your credit then, they'd be like, oh, oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can Google way. you right now and see what you're doing. Oh, but that's like, that's. I mean, I have a lot of insights on mistakes. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. The, but the but the 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 thing that sucks about the road is like I paid my dues on the road. Right. I legit paid my dues on the road. Man, now that I'm at a place where I'm actually selling tickets, all those people I paid dues with are all gone. Right. <laughs> Dead or just like not Dead or there. gotten fired? Or yeah. Got married or decided to do something else for a living? Yeah. And so now you're coming in with people you've never even met. And you're like, why did I pay my fucking dues? Uh, right. What are the you, point is paying dues? Are, are you are you uh, in DC this weekend? Yeah. The, the improv or yeah. what? Uh, they, well, they fucking love you there, man. Yeah. They every every yeah. last time we were there, Antoine, they were talking yeah. about how awesome. Uh, I don't know if you had just been there or were coming, or if they were just saying, you know. But anyway, you're one of their one of their favorite. We we love the hell out of that club. That's one of our favorites. We it's love a, it's a great club. They wanted to add. Um, they wanted to add. Sunday shows, but I was in Australia and I was fucking falling apart in Australia. And I was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. Cause I, I'm doing a uh, sober October starting October 1st and okay. until the end of the month. And so, and so I was like, I can't do it cause it's October 1st. And I don't want to do, I'd rather just get on a plane, fly home and start getting my life together. I have 19 <laughs> days off. Like my blood pressure is a little high. And I was like, I'm, I'm making it so that I'm a safe transition into stop drinking. I'm not going cold turkey mm-hmm. and like parting my dick off in DC. I will party a little bit for sure, yeah. but that's yeah. funny. My buddy uh, Colt Chastain, who's a big fan of yours, actually this will transition well. He wanted me to ask you how the diet was going. The diet, how, the diet, the diet, and the 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 sober October. Like, how, how are you I, prepping for the diet? The diet's fine. I've actually, you know, the weird thing about me is I can maintain weight pretty easily. <laughs> I, but I can stay about like this. But I do have an ability to put weight on. Uh-huh. Like, like so, as I put weight on. I mean, um, I I can I maintain two sixty five very well. Uh huh. Like I never got to like three hundred. Right. But once I got it off, I've I've stayed this whole year. I've stayed at two twenty. Really. Which is where I was when we did the weigh-ins with Tom, mm-hmm. and that was a dehydrated two twenty. So I was probably two twenty five. But I'm about two twenty now. Sober October. Uh, you'll lose twelve pounds. Probably probably we're doing hot yoga every like fifteen times. Me, Rogan, Ari, and Tom, but. Here's the thing that was uh there was a little eye opening. First of all, you know I was probably someone who uh I love I, I I love folklore. I love spreading like I like so when I run into someone and they go, uh, oh you just did Well Red's podcast, how are those guys doing? I will tell the story about you bigger than than you probably would say it about yourself. Sure. But I right. enjoy that about life. Yeah, yeah. You know, like like yeah. uh 
Like I enjoy the the like uh, oh like oh those guys are fucking murdering it, dude. They're you, but this is true. They're on the road literally every day in October and in November. They're fucking selling out everywhere. Everywhere I've gone, I haven't had someone say they didn't sell out, and everyone says it's the best show they've ever seen. Now, really? I'm sure. Yeah, right. right. So, <laughs> but that's but that's how I talk about people. What's Rogan like, dude? He literally is. It's confusing because he's a friend and a mentor. He's one of the smartest guys you'll ever fucking meet. But even Rogan would be uncomfortable with me saying that. He'd be like, yo. Just fucking, he's good. He's cool. Right. You know? Uh, what do you think about Ari? I love Ari. He's like a brother to me. Like, I, I speak in hyperbole. I speak bigger than mm-hmm. it is. But I also live my life that way. So I didn't realize when, when this Sober October thing started coming up, how many people thought I drank from the second I woke <laughs> up right. until the second I went to bed. Right. Like, and, and you know, it's like, it's like, uh, you know, I, there are probably guys out there, comics that were like, that are married, but that are studs. And, you just imagine they definitely cheat on their wives. And I think people thought that with me with alcohol, like, he's drunk every fucking night. No, by the way, I drink a lot. A lot more than the average American, definitely. But I'm not like, uh, I'm, I don't drink during the days I work out. I will drink during the days. Like, I was just thinking when I said to you guys, do you guys want anything else to drink? I was just like, I hope I didn't make them feel like they need to drink. And then I was like, and then in my head, I can't drink today because I'm doing I press all day. Mm-hmm. And then I was, and I'm trying to trying to slowly transition into sober mm-hmm. October. And I thought to myself, oh, I bet they feel that about me. I'm the only one they know who's like, hey, you guys want to get fucked up this morning? I mean, <laughs> like, if I don't say let's get drunk this morning, no one usually does that. Well, in fairness, when we came over here, me, so. when yeah. we, and when we came over here to do your, we brought a jar of moonshine. Yeah. You know, the you know, like time. we, that was us. That wasn't you. But that's, no, we I started that thing. I become the guy, I, like, I, I, I didn't, I never realized the way people perceive me. Uh huh. And I think people think I'm fucking hammered on stage nonstop. They think I'm just, I'm wasted and that I don't write material and that I, I'm just fucking, okay, just go ahead me. to, uh, I'm just lit. I'm not lit. I'm, right. I love cocktails. Sure. I love cocktails. <laughs> I love having co- I love catching a morning buzz. You know what it's it great. is? You're honest about how much you love them. Yeah. And so most people, they tamp down how much they love alcohol. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they love alcohol 7 out of 10, they act like, because they don't want to come across like a drunk, they're like, yeah, you know, I like it most of the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Since you're honest, but most people assume that people hold back how they feel about alcohol, and you say, I love, you just said it three times yeah, in a row. I people love it. go, that's a partier right there. Yeah. And he must be the biggest party I've ever seen. Whereas if you are drinking all day, you don't fucking tell people. You don't talk if about you actually, If you actually feel like you have a problem, you that's ain't what I'm saying. saying. Yeah, you ain't you saying don't, shit. You don't brag about yeah, alcohol. Yeah. That's, and that's my other problem is that I got into stand up going, there's only one way to do it. You just be 100% honest. Right. That's it. And I, I talked to Jim Norton about this the other day. I go, to a fall, a fault of mine. I shouldn't really, like, I should just keep a lot of shit to myself. Like, but like, like, I'll be very candid. And I, t- I said this to Dr. Drew. I had to do his podcast Sunday and I go in and I'm like, uh, my buddy is uh, a really big, uh, TV producer, just closed a very big deal and, uh, he might he might be one of the biggest TV producers in Hollywood right now, and I grew up with him. I grew up with him. This guy, I've known him since we were kids. I knew him when he had a when he had a fucking when he had a mullet. Like, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, I'm I'm in I'm in L.A. till December. Let's party. He's like, I'm 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 I've, I've no daddy duty on Sunday. 
Let's me and you get together. And he's like, because oh, we're doing a project together. And he's like, let's talk about the project. Let's figure it out. And I was like, great. And he goes, you want to watch a Bucks game? Have a few cocktails? And I was like, fuck yeah. We got there. Here, me and him, me and him drink like we're two kids from Florida. Fuck yeah. And it's 10 in the morning. We're putting back Tito's and sodas. I get it. We both get, a, you know, sampling some vodka drinks. Yeah. Oh, let's get a fucking Bloody Mary. How's our Bloody Mary? Oh, oh, they fucked one up. We'll take that. We'll drink them. And we're just having a yeah. good time. I drink from 10 until noon with him. I leave. I come home. I uh, lift weights and then go to my daughter's uh, softball game. Now, I'm sure that's it's irresponsible parenting, but I'm not fucking hammered. I'm not a problem. I'm, and I have a podcast to do it for with Drew. But you stopped drinking at I night. stopped drinking at noon. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, you deserve a medal. Yeah, and so stop drinking. Don't drink all day. Uh, work out. Go to my daughter's softball game. Watch a little bit. Get Take an Uber to Drew. I'm Ubering everywhere. I'm not driving anywhere. I'm driving with my wife or whatever. She's driving. But take an Uber to Drew. Do Drew's podcast. He could never tell that I'd been drinking. And then I tell him, yeah, I've been drinking. He goes, well, that's a problem. And I go, no, it's not. I just have a job where it is. It is part of the job description is, hey, you want to, let's try to, let's try to make a TV show. Let's go have a few drinks and talk about it. Right. That's part. And right. Now listen, if I had gotten drunk there and been like, and missed hit, your daughter's softball game and said to my buddy, Hey, let's see if we can get some Coke. That's my opinion. What a, a problem is. Right. Or if I had gotten drunk there and I've been like, Oh shit, it's two. But I looked at him and I was like, it's noon. I got to fucking leave. Well, it's also, and this is very specific to comedians. And maybe, maybe rock and roll stars. It's like living up to a persona that you might not even realize you've created for yourself. I didn't yourself. realize I created it. And see, that's, that's the biggest problem is that I, I idolized, um, Chris Farley, John Belushi, um, uh, Kurt Cobain to an extent, um, Mitch Hedberg, Greg Giraldo, Patrice. I idolized these larger than life personalities that, Dave Attell was my hero. Right. And, but I also, cause it fit into my lifestyle. Like it fit into like what I liked. Mm-hmm. I liked drinking. I liked a guy that felt like he didn't sign up to society's rules. I liked the guy, like I, I, I use this guy as an example, but like John Mulaney is a great comic. Had I not known that he had a problem with cocaine in college and couldn't stop listening to Steely Dan, I probably wouldn't like him. But now that I know him, I go, oh, <laughs> I go, that's something I like about you, John. Like that is cool as shit. And I'm and I'm glad you got it under control. But like, I don't like the fucking the uh, tablet comedians who have their act on a tablet and swipe up and down and then recite stuff. I want a guy who speaks from the heart, off from the hip, like just and maybe with a cocktail in him or in his hand, like a Pete Corielli or like Brian Regan likes to get lit every now and then. Like I love mm-hmm. that. I had no clue I, what I was creating. And so when this contest started, the amount of people I got. Number one, telling me I was going to die if I quit drinking, like I was going to literally die, I was a little shocked by. Really? So I was like, hold on. They thought you were drunk all day, every day. Yeah, they're like, you're always fucking hammered. You're always hammered. Now, by the way, there are portions of my life where I, like, if I were like, flying from Australia to uh, LA, I was drunk all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but like, I don't like flying. Um, Me and, either. Yeah, we're and, so alike. And by the way, I don't mind performing stone fucking sober. Yeah. I did my last hour special stone sober i brought a beer up there with me just because i was like in case i want to have a sip of a beer yeah that don't count <clears throat> but I, that's really the one thing that i really 
you said that very perfectly. I didn't realize what people thought of me. Well, it's interesting because we are developing our own things to live up to. His is similar to yours. I'm, yeah, I, say, it, I'm currently going through this, and I, I need help. <laughs> I need to know how to not get it out of control because we have some fans that like – They call them the Cho. Yeah, and there's certain things that they they expect of me or they'll, they'll – Well, yeah, you would do – and I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, I'm not – I'm not that guy. Like, you know, I'm, yeah. it even happens among us. We'll go to eat and Trey will get mad at him if he doesn't. We have this thing we call it running. Like at about four, we eat a big meal, three if or four I don't o'clock. Engorge myself. And of course, yeah. he doesn't want to engorge himself. Trey's furious. He's like, man, what the, you ain't the Cho. Like, like you ain't the fun guy. You like, know yeah. what I mean? I'm in a constant. The Cho struggle. is similar to the machine, by the way, in a yeah, lot of ways. And I'm in a, and, but it's one of those things where like you don't know what you're creating until all of a sudden people have told you what it is and you're like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Well, I want to have a salad today. But like he, Trey will literally. I'll be like, I think I'm, just, I'm gonna have a salad, maybe some sashimi or something. I'm trying to take it light, have a water today, and he's like, "You motherfucker!" And then, <laughs> I've been sober all week with my goddamn kids, and then you show up, and I'm like, "Here he comes! Yeah. Here's the guy!" And you want to fucking do better this week? Go fuck yourself! And I'm yeah. like, "All right, well." To me, with the me to a lesser extent, it's it's being kind of a dickhead. It's being surly. Fans expect that from me, and, and, and it's just it's my fault. Just like it's his fault. But it's like, I don't know how to get that under control. And it, and it happens among my friends too, where like, I'll, I'll say something nice to Corey and he'll be like, I, I, I know what you're doing. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And yeah. he's like, you're setting me up. I'm like, whatever, you know? I talked to Burr about it and Burr's like, you know, there's a, there's part of the whatever your stage persona, I guess. And I, I think all of us grew up in a time where, you know, like Richard Lewis wasn't that bad as the way he was on stage like that ah yeah i, I want to walk I, I i'm a jew or whatever he did <laughs> whatever he did that I was it. every punchline was yeah. i'm a jew yeah <laughs> i don't go on boats and so and so like he was a little bit of that See, but he wasn't that that bad i right. feel bad for you but i also wish we were hammered right now when we were doing yeah. what you just did yeah and that's your fun that's the problem too both and, of you but yeah. like there's a part of like i remember Bill was saying something about like, yeah, I really am angry. I I do get frustrated at things. I'm not that all the time, but that is a real part of my personality. And I was like, yeah, like I love drinking and I love having a good time and I live life with an exclamation point and I'm big and I like, I love, there's no better feeling in my life than convincing people who don't want to get drunk to get drunk in the morning. That is one of my favorite things ever because <laughs> yeah. that's when you have the most fun it's the best buzz on earth it's the best there's no better day everyone day. likes a happy hour but everyone that walks into a happy hour there's half of those people are in a controlled i'm gonna have one drink and then i gotta get home i want to get up early and go to the gym when you drink in the morning all bets are off, off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the whole day's i don't know what's gonna happen today we might shoot an alligator you ever watch golf yeah. So the British Open was always a big deal to me because it was the, to me, ultimate, I can start drinking at five o'clock in the morning because that's when it starts. Yeah. What? World Cup, man. And I, 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 I like soccer, soccer just so I can but, day drink during right, World I Cup. Soccer then, but yeah, the British Open would like, you, they, some of them would tee off at 4.15 and they'd have it on ESPN. And I'd fucking, I'd go to bed at eight that night, get up at four and just. <laughs> Well, I'd start off with Bailey's and coffee because you're like, let's ease into this. And then the, yeah. the next thing you know, it's lunch. You're fucked up. So yeah. he's outside on the phone, but we could talk about him. And, you know, the thing Trey has to live up to is, is a little different. On the one hand, the stakes are higher because it's like people want him to politically line up with them or yeah, say oh, things that they agree I'm with. I'm so glad I don't have to do that. And I, me too. Yeah, like mine, that, mine and your thing's easier to maintain. We can lie. 
Yeah, Except, I, don't, hey, listen, I don't mind a shot of Fireball. Here's, right. I can always drink one of those. <laughs> yeah. Here's the difference, though. Here's the only like the flip side of that coin that is better than him is it's it's his um, thoughts that he's known for. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a constructed thought that he put out there on the internet. If later on he has a different one that people disagree with, well, in a lot of ways that is just being a comic. Yeah. The pressure's higher right now because of the heat that he's getting, and it's for a very specific thing. But like. For us, it's like personality traits, and that's stranger than political opinions. It's easier in a lot of ways, yeah. but it's different. Well, we got into this going. I mean, I, I got into this, and I think you guys are of the of this same ilk generation. Was that you share the truth on stage? You mm-hmm. don't you don't make up a, a persona, right? Like, you don't like like uh, Andrew WK doesn't drink. Really? Yeah. Well, that's upsetting. That's heart heartbreaking. Yeah, he's into. I think he's into like. Lifting weights and and getting shit done, that's I think gross. Yeah, and you're like, and you're like, so that's you, you created a character. Go jump in your pool that don't have any water in it right now. Yeah. You just broke my heart. I was like, I was like, I remember going. I was at a radio and I was like, dude, this is my. I go, dude, you have a you gotta have a drink with me. And he's like, I I don't drink. I went, I'm sorry. He goes, I mean, I will, but I'm not. No, I go. Doesn't Budweiser sponsor you? Like, what the fuck? Ugh, it made me sick to my stomach. And yeah. I was like, <clears throat> I was like that. I never wanted to live the lie. So, like, when I decided, when we decided to do this sober October, I'm like, yeah, I'm not drinking in October. Man, I, I had people, I won't say names, but I had people tell me that was a horrible idea that it would ruin my career. And I'm like, then let it. Okay? I'm going to be who the fuck I'm going Like, n- if, if you're telling me that me not drinking for one show in October at Chicago, by the way, which is already almost sold out. Yeah. That me not drinking for one show in October and a college, you're telling me that's going to ruin my career? Oh, I got my really hand. upset. I was like, I got really upset and like heartbroken that, so you're telling me that's all I am is a guy who gets fucking drunk? Like, I mean, that's what I am. That's fine. Then let me stop writing comedy. Like, let me stop doing anything. Like, I'm going to stop working. I'll just, just have Tito send them to my house and I'll drink myself into an early grave. I'll make as much money for my family as possible and I'll just leave them with a the nest egg. Like, but no. I'm a thoughtful guy who has ideas, who writes every fucking day, who gets up on stage uh, seven times a week, six times a week, depending if I'm on doing the road or doing at home. I was like, it's more than, ugh. And then I was like, wait, what? Like, so wait, so is Amy Schumer just a whore? Is that, that's all she is to you? Like, is that how, is that what we're going to whittle it down to? Amy Schumer's a whore. Ari's a Jew. Fucking. Right. Tom's. A uh, farts, like, <laughs> like the, you were being so serious about you yeah. know, Tom is farts. He well, I was like he, he was fat. I was gonna say he's fat, but he does fart a lot, and he does talk <laughs> about farting a lot. And he talks yeah. about shitting nonstop. <laughs> so you like so, and and Bill's just angry. Yeah, you think? You and Delia's just a fucking stud. <laughs> Fuck. Right, right. Do you think you said? You know, we're of that ilk of wanting to tell the truth. Do you think? Did you say that because you think there's? maybe a newer generation of comics or just a different type of comic who wants to lean into one persona or thing and well, what happened, that way they can bounce off that for the rest of their life? No, well, I, th- I think I think a number of things are happening. I think a little bit is, I think younger comics are so, like, I grew up in a time where you could say faggot on stage uh-huh. a lot, and I said it a lot, and you could say you could say the N-word if you wanted to, and, and you wouldn't get in trouble. You wouldn't lose your job. Yeah. I have a great joke with the N-word in it. A great <laughs> great joke <laughs> like maybe one of those by the way it's a story i had nothing to do with it 
I'm not in the story. I'm not even the one that says it, but it was so fucking brilliant that I go, it is a shame not to share that. Right. I've been in comedy 18, 19 years. I've never heard anyone tell a story similar to this story. <clears throat> I won't say it because it's just like you don't want to be on that side of history. Right. But I, I right, could right, say right. it back in the day. I'd say it. Um, now there's a, a style of comedy that I think is coming out where it's like they don't they don't want to talk about things that are they don't want to talk about things that will get them in trouble. They want to either they a lot of act outs, a lot of like people wanting to be mm-hmm. like just. They saw Sebastian get successful with being very animated, and so they're just following Sebastian. And then a lot of people that aren't really saying anything on stage. So when you hear someone like Bill Burr or Rogan or Attell, you know, Attell's like, I'm retiring from comedy because I'm tired of the fucking political correctness. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm just tired of it. He goes, it's ruining comedy. Attell has jokes that are so bad that they would, they would, sh- if they the, here's the point. It's like you hear what that uh that that chief of uh uh fire captain in in Pittsburgh said about uh about uh, Mike Tomlinson. No, he said, "Well, because the Steelers didn't come Steelers out. Steelers right? didn't come out of thing, and that's put that on their coach. We'll add Mike Tomlinson to the list of bad N words or no good N words." But he said it. By the way, well, even if he didn't, his last it was on Facebook. His last thing was, "I just said that." And then now he's Lord. like, <clears throat> he's like, I regret what I said. Yeah, because they, like, they fire him. I was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. You type like, that. I, I, I've never, I, I've never thought the N word in a like. I've, I thought, I've thought it. I've sang it. I said it the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, not, 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 not clean in my house, but no. like. <laughs> by the way, by the way, that's a, a, I just said that joke on someone because I, I, if I buy fucking Lil Wayne or Ti is one of my favorite artists. I yeah. love T.I. because I came from the South. A big boy just came out with Boomiverse. Oh, my God. Awesome. So good. Kill Jill is fire. He comes yeah. out to Kill Jill and I come out to In the South. Those yeah. are our two come up songs. And listen, and you can call me a, a bad person, but when I'm in my car and I'm singing along with Big Boy or Kendrick Lamar or T.I., I sing the N-word, okay? It's, it's pretty hard not to. It's, it ruins the mater. And and it takes you out of the moment when you go, I got, I'm a real... No, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's, and so... But the joke I said, and I'm going to try to fucking work this into my next hour, was I said to someone, yeah, I can, you can sing it. If you bought the album, you can sing it. And they go, wait. But not if you stream it on Spotify. No, but. You have to have bought it. Yeah, you, yeah not if you stream it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, and then I go, and, and, and not if you're like just cleaning your house, just singing old <laughs> spiritual hymns. I'm a hard working. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what we were talking about. But I think there's so many people that are afraid to get in trouble that. Are there are a tale? Are people coming to his goddamn show that aren't just a tail fans that are actually going to write this salon.com horse shit? Yes. Because that sucks, man. Like, he, I hope he realizes, though, that that would get him more fans. Maybe, not, one, I mean, maybe not ones he wants. He just he doesn't want them. He doesn't, like, he's not a, he doesn't have hate in his heart. Right. But, I look at a, but, a tail. But, you've, but you've been, it's classified people into two groups. You, if you are uh, edgy and say something that maybe like, and I won't even repeat the joke that I think is so funny. I won't even repeat it because uh, Attell wouldn't want me to repeat it. But right. but 
you may aggregate the wrong. I don't want tiki torches at my shows. That's what I'm saying. You, what you yeah. said about you, it was so spot on. You said I don't want to be on the right side of history because I'll be honest with you. You're sitting here having this conversation. I started to get uncomfortable, and I'm like, why? Am I worried fans are going to get mad because we have Bird on and he's just being honest about his yeah. feelings? Why am I getting uncomfortable? And I realized it's what you said. It's not that you're afraid of saying it. It's not necessarily that you're afraid that people who are annoying are going to come at you saying, you know, fire him. Here's yeah. the Salon.com article. You're also legitimately afraid that because of those people hating you, oh. people who hate them are going to come like you. I don't right. want. Uh, yeah, that is the perfect. That is the exact example. I don't care if there's someone that's listening to this thing, uh, and and is like, this guy sounds like an old man who's filled with hate, and they decide to boycott everything I ever do. I really don't care. They were never going to like anything I did in the first place. Right. I don't want the tiki tortures to like me. I, right. I had a joke one time where I talked about me. Um, being at a airport bar with a black guy. Maybe I'll put this in the next hour, but I just, I've been bailing on so much material. The point was Middle Eastern guy. This is right after 9-11. This is how old this fucking joke is that I still never put in a special. Um, not a uh, Middle Eastern guy walks in, uh, orders a beer in between us, uh, speaks kind of loud. I'm really chopping it up, but the, this is the point. Um, guy leaves, black guy says to me, I hope that motherfucker's not on my plane. And I, I laughed. I was complicit. And I realized, oh, I was just complicit in racism. And then I was like, wait, how did he, wait, he's a black guy. Like, how, did he just automatically assume I'm racist because I'm white? And then <laughs> right. I was like, he just looked at me and was like, oh, this guy will get this racist joke. <laughs> and then I thought, how does he know my racism stops at Middle Easterns? Like, what? Right. if I'm racist, I go down the fucking line. Right. I don't just hate them, bro. I hate you too. <laughs> and, and, uh, but then the joke is, I said to the black guy, I go, uh, dude, we were just being racist. He was like, no, I was just being real. I was like, no, I think we we're being racist. He's like, no, bro. It's called real talk. I was like, I don't know. I've done it before. I know what it looks like. And I, and then he goes, no, just keep it real. And the end of the, end of the joke is, well, let's just hope our pilot's white. And so, <laughs> and so, and so, so a guy comes up to me. I'm with my friend Walter, who's black. And, uh, a guy comes up to me and sees him with Walter. Walter walks away and he goes, Hey, just so you know, my racism doesn't stop at Arabs either. And winks. And I went, oh, I'm done telling that joke. Dude. I was like, that is not what I meant. Asshole. I have a, I had this, I wasn't even doing comedy like officially. I had this song I was singing in college at parties, just hammered. I'd walk around with my guitar, get naked. I was wilder back then. Anyway, the song was, I think my roommate's gay and I would dedicate it to my friend Trevor. And the whole basis of it was how, like, I'm not sure if he is and it's cool if he is, but he needs to tell me if he is because he's making me uncomfortable when I wake up and he's by my bed. Just like shit. Like that was the whole thing. And it was juvenile and it was homophobic in the sense of like that juvenile type. I was stupid. I'm not proud of it. But the reason I stopped was I wasn't developed enough as a human to realize the problems of that song at all like i needed another three or four years of actually empathizing with gay people to realize how shitty that joke quote unquote made them feel but what i needed no help understanding is one night i sang it and this dude goes yeah fuck faggots and i was like and i kicked him out of my apartment like right then i was like get the fuck out of here by the way you're naked with a guitar in this story (laughs) (laughs) get the fuck out of here you know and it was it and i was like Oh, and then that's when I started to realize the problems with the song or whatever and yeah. like what part I was the, playing the and how stupid like I was doing and why, why yeah. he liked it, how he was interpreting it versus, you know, the, my friends who I think are decent, but then I'm like, maybe they're interpreting it the wrong way too. It really changed everything. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's the thing that's wrong with everything right now is no one wants to share. No one wants to share everything. Like, uh, of, 
the people I grew up with that are probably majority conservative, a lot of them uh, are are probably borderline racist, and uh, they just don't share that. They just keep it to themselves. Well, yeah, that's what Trump let them let it out a little bit. That was half of that. That was half of it, but there's still a whole group that are like, okay, let's just, well, let's just. You know, and I'm right. obviously I missed some of this. Pee in your yard. Out. Yeah. Did we, yeah. uh, Good but, luck finding a place to pee. So go back corner in the back back corner. You'll see a toilet. This may have been what even got y'all into that in the first place. But like we had that kind of thing, but in reverse a lot actually with like uh, people assuming that we are there to validate. Yes, that's like, exactly what hey, we were okay, talking about. Okay, that's yeah. what got yeah. So yeah, we. I could. I would hate to be in your position. I don't mind. I don't mind. In my position, I think. When I do stand up, all I got to do is make sure they have a good time. Right. I can't really offend them. Um, I mean, I can, I can say stuff they don't agree with. Usually it's about stuff that parenting wise that they're like, that's really fucked up. You're worried for your kids. But like, but like, I don't really talk about politics on stage. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about it because I, I realize no one's coming to my show to like get their opinion validated. I think a lot of people that go to Burr's show. I think they. I think he's a brilliant comic, but I think also he stands up for this like this like working class. Dude, fuck the fuck, fuck, it. fuck yeah. the bullshit. I'll fuck go the, with your he's, fucking signs. He's, yeah, he's talking about calling everyone on their bullshit, right? And so that's. I think he is. He's doing more than that, in my opinion. Sure. Oh yeah. Well yeah. But, yeah. And so I, I I had a joke about cat calling, and it basically whittled down to the fact that no one likes poor people, and and then I thought. Why am I doing this? Like, I mean, it's a good joke. I'm glad I wrote it. But, like, the whole point was, you know, my wife's like, who would do that? And I go, that's how poor people communicate. It's, it's poor people. It's not color. It's poor people. That's right. How, they don't have, they have low self-esteem, so they whistle at each other. Mm-hmm. And they, they can't go, like, say the way I would. I have money. I go, hey, I'd like to take you on a date. And I Would you like to maybe go out to dinner one night? They're like, no. Nah, I can maybe take you back to my grandmother's house. She lives on Social Security. I hope she passes. I can collect that. But like that, that's, I go, don't blame a poor man for throwing a Hail Mary pussy pass at you. And, <laughs> and, and then, and then my, and, and, but I was like, why am I doing that? And then, but then I, I, and then I started like digging into like why America, why we hate poor people. And I was like, I don't know if that's my job. I really don't right. know. Like, is anyone coming to my show going, how does Bart feel about poverty? Yeah. Like, they want to hear just good stories of craziness right. and fun and a, a little bit of family, a little bit of adventure, a little bit of cra- like chaos. And and I think that's – and by the way, that's what I like that I do. Like when I have like political bits, like like the NFL, I wouldn't touch it with an, a 10-foot pole right now. Like I just – first of all, I don't give a fuck. Right. I really don't give a fuck. Like I, I, I think – what Donald Trump said about the NFL was innocuous. I thought that what he said, don't you wish there was a coach who would fire those SOBs and say, you don't stand over our country, you don't. Fine. Uh, he said so much fucking worse. He says he grabs women in the pussies. And everyone let that slide, apparently. But this is the one Sh- where all these fucking football players go, he called me an yeah. SOB. That's Sh- it. Shannon Sharp actually put a thing out where he was making like a largely similar point to what you just said. He was like, it's kind of 
bullshit really that you know everybody oh solidarity and everything now now that they he came after us you know what right. i mean whereas before there were some guys obviously doing it i mean that's the whole thing but like there wasn't this whole real unifying you know thing until he came after them personally and he, and he was saying a similar thing to what you just said he was like i don't you know that's kind of fucked up to me but i think that it's I think it's good when people are unified in uh, yeah. response to that motherfucker. I think protest, so I'm okay I think protest is good. It's right. interesting, though. We talk, we make this joke at our show sometimes, like Trey does a joke about Alabama football, and it's like at our shows we talk about politics. I open shitting on Jesus. You know, we go down all these paths that you're not supposed to go down, and then football is when the crowd starts going, oh! Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And like yeah. it might be the one of the more sacred institutions in America because it, it, yeah. sports is unifying. I think. By the way, I think LeBron's a fucking idiot. What? Like LeBron? Yeah. I just I, I watched Go him talk. On. I watched him talk this morning, and I was like, "Hey, hey, bro, you're just a big body. That's it. Like you're not brilliant. Like I hate when people try to put a brain in these athletes that don't technically have them. LeBron, dumb? Floyd Mayweather. No, I don't think he's dumb, but I don't think I don't think. It's his job to be a political voice. He just is a large man. That's it. I mean, the, the really the only reason we're talking about him is he's larger than everyone else, and he's muscular, and he can jump high, and he's got a good shot. That's the only reason we're speaking about. But him. But we are speaking about him. hundred percent. Well, that's, and I mean, and I think it is. I think I think it's his. If he feels it is responsibility to say what he wants to say, that's great. But as as a grown up, I don't go. Ooh, what did LeBron say? It's like right. When, it's when, like that. Uh, but kids do. Well, that's Chappelle, sure. you know, yeah, sure. Where is Ja? And, you know that Chappelle yeah, Chappelle, Chappelle, yeah. Well, I need Ja Rule to make some sense of this. Yeah, you know, like that whole after nine eleven, like that. You know, it's that whole thing. And obviously, I agree with you, but also yeah. agree with Drew that there are, especially somebody as huge as LeBron. There are so many people, kids, and otherwise that like do look up to that dude. Let's, and let's, so then let's, he, then let's pick apart to, LeBron's probably philosophies in life. And let's let's let this is where I, where I, where this is where I find the slippery slope. We all happen to agree with what he sure. with what he thinks on Trump. I I, I agree with him, I, but but I believe that if we start breaking apart his philosophies, for instance, uh, if you buy a car, you got to get a new interior put into it. Probably that's one of his philosophies in life. Uh, <laughs> you and your friend fucking a chick ain't nothing but a train. It's one of his philosophies, probably in life. <laughs> probably, maybe. You know? probably in life, yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, if a girl sucks your dick, that's not really cheating on your wife. That maybe might be one of his. He's a fucking pro athlete. That's it. Right. Like, it's, he's not well, like Trump was a reality star. Dude, I don't agree with Trump being president. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. It's we the same a, guy. We live like in a time where who gets to say what? Yeah, you know? you're just letting people with a special skill set speak for us politically, which is so fucked up. But you're saying letting as if we have some sort of choice in it. We do have a choice, but I guess we well, maybe get you just so excited. So, like, yeah. like, how far off from Kim Kardashian telling us what to believe? I get what you're saying. It's, it's, it's that, like, <laughs> yeah, right. He can say to. what he wants, but you're saying like people should not be putting stock in LeBron James's socio-political, you know, philosophies or whatever. And it's like I get. Well, wait, that, who but, does? Like, that, I not. I, not, I mean, oh, who, no, no. who does? Uh, the amount of retweets were fucking aggressive. Yeah, dumb people. Yeah, but no, but but people go. People, or people who just say I agree with that. That's but, the that majority of this fucking country are morons. Morons are like, do you see what LeBron said? I go, I want to say, I want to see LeBron go. You know what I'm going to do, guys? I don't have any of the fucking answers, but I have more money than God. I'm going to invest all my money in research to find the perfect Democratic candidate to combat what's going on. Like, use, use your money, noble. Just don't. 
To be fair, some of them are doing that kind of. I don't know if he is. Some of them are. But like, I get frustrated in that because it's like that. I get your frustration. I'm trying to figure out where it lies. It lies in the fact that everyone was calling Floyd Mayweather a genius. Who really? Uh, everyone. Just because he's got money, that well, he's got to be. He can't be too dumb. He's got money. A genius, like you don't mean a genius in the ring. No, no, no. no, Because yeah, that's objectively Uh, Steve Harvey. Listen to Steve Harvey's intro on on Floyd Mayweather. Now I'm bothered by the fact that I am that I am only bringing up black guys in this story because (laughs) halfway in I was like Steve Harvey's intro for Floyd Mayweather was. Vomit inducing. This man might be a great boxer, but he is a genius businessman. No, he's not. No, he's not. He beats up women. Anyone who beats up women, they're anything. He beats up women. He doesn't like. How do we glaze over that as a he country? He's a business manager. He's not a genius. Bi- like, there's a guy handling. Really? His- he's two hundred million dollars in debt to the but IRS. So he's he is a moron. He's right. literally famous for throwing his money around or whatever, and not. For the opposite of being you know a brilliant what? He might be man. genius at or someone in his camp, and, and this is what he's getting credit for. And this is what Trump was genius at. It's just self-promotion. It's how to stay relevant. And he does have a knack for that. He does. I hear what you're saying, but like you're getting frustrated with how people feel about famous people. About famous uh, people just, talking. Just because I like you. you know, we haven't, we've only hung out twice. I wouldn't say we're friends, like not deep down. But just because I like you, I want to tell you, stop doing that. That's going <laughs> to kill you. I know. It gets me really frustrated when I, I get like a sense of real... Frustration to me, like when I watched LeBron's thing, I was like, I was like, or like. Also, when you express that, you're going to get tweeted at now, where people go, "What's wrong with LeBron standing up for people can, who are downtrotted?" And that's going to make you more stressed out. Well, you're just, they've got to be verified in order for me to read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why you won't talk to me on Twitter. No, I, yeah, you're probably right. If you just DM <laughs> yeah, me, I'll follow please. you and DM me. I just, I just have a, I, I, I don't read much of like right now with all the, uh, the. Boo shaming that's going on. Oh man, you can't, you can't. I can't read it. Can't, I stopped I mean, reading I'm, Instagram quotes a long time. Instagram comments I, a long time I ago. I heard you talking about that on Rogan or whatever. Where y'all, as soon as you did the the hashtag Bart is fat or hashtag uh, uh, Tom is fat, you yeah. got fucking insane, dude. It got this guy. The internet's ridiculous. This man. guy posted a. I, I, I won't say the uh, name. I don't. I, mean, I don't care. Even if I do, or I don't. He simply started a a, a site. Oh, I want to tell you this one's so much better. We got time to. I'm gonna both. see. I'm gonna see if I can dance around because I know this guy's feelings were really hurt, and I don't wanna. I don't wanna hurt his feelings anymore because I know what that feels like. He started a uh, an account, um, only to fat shame me, and and it was really brutal. It was really really brutal. Um, but some well, every now and then it would be funny, but for the most part, I'm a fat fucking piece of shit. I'm gonna die young. My daughters will have no father. Like just, just really like it's his version of what he believes comedy is. Right, um, edge lords. I don't know what's that. Like the edge. people, like they think it's funny if you just say a mean or edgy. Yeah. Not Doug Stanhope, but the people that really like him and want to be like him, but they're not. Good but they're at not it. talented. Like, or he's funny, ama- so he's amazing. Yeah. But the people that think they're him, but they're, but they have no talent or they're not funny at all, and so they end up just saying awful they things. They think if they just say, "I want to sew your cunt off and yeah. glue it to my face," that's somehow funny. Yeah. <laughs> I said, so you're kind of, I meant shock your cunt off and sew yeah. it in my face. Okay. My bad. I don't even yeah. do that good. Yeah. So this guy, um, this guy then comes to one of my shows and he brings his family with him. His, uh, he's obese and his family's morbidly obese. 
uh, maybe like 400 pounds, everyone in his family. Damn. Someone in his family looks at me, who's morbidly obese, and says, you're a fat piece of shit, Bert. And they all laugh. And I I thought, all, dead honestly, hey, man, uh, you, you've been called that before. You know how that kind of does hurt, because I am overweight. Like, like, in my head, I was like, why would you say that? But the irony in what is happening isn't lost on me. Okay? The, the guy then proceeds to get fucking shit-faced hammered and say some mean things to me in person, thinking they're being funny. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not a dick, so I don't, I don't say anything. I just leave and I go, okay, that, that happens. It's part of the gig I signed up for. I then tell Tom what happened, and Tom's like, are you serious? And we both follow this guy's account because he was one of the first guys, and and Tom's like, uh, are you fucking shitting me? I said, yeah, because now Tom's getting it too, and the same thing's happening right. to him. People who are more overweight than Tom are making him feel like a bad person. And so we get it. It's part of the thing we signed up for. But then we mention it. We just happen to casually mention it. Don't say anyone's name at all. And then the guy writes me personally. He's like, how dare you talk about me like that? I was like, I'm sorry. You made a fuck. I literally screen grabbed everything he sent to me and sent it to Tom. And we both just were like, are you fucking kidding me? And then he's like, I've lost some weight. I'm like, how, like, what fucking world do you? That's when I was like, I'm done. I'm done with like, I'll, I'll go through and peruse comments every now and then. And I, but if I see one bad, like, and there was this other guy who just made a, 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 an Instagram account and his, I think his, his, his log line was, I'm a savage writer for savage, uh, readers. <laughs> Savagery is my savageness or whatever. <laughs> and then, and then he made, he I just posted, a, of boredom. he <laughs> posted a picture that someone else had made of me. Someone else had made of me. He posted it and then was like, Bert, you're a fat fucking piece of shit. We hope you die. And I'm like, hey, man, there's no comedy in that. Like, right. But you get that all the time. And I'm just like, I'm done. And if someone really, if someone really is going to take the time to say, Bert, you should really listen to what LeBron says, they're a fucking imbecile. I'm a 44 <laughs> year old man who tours the world nationally. And I have grown up thoughts with grown up people. I don't give a fuck what LeBron James says. I don't give a fuck what Donald Trump says. I am blown away that we're in this fucking battle with North Korea that I am in the midst of. I'm right. in that fucking missile range. Yeah, man. And we're talking about the NFL. Like, fuck those guys. They don't make millions. That half of them beat their fucking wives. Like, none of us would be friends with any of them if we ever hung out with them. And then we're going to listen to what they say. Ben Roethlisberger comes out and makes a statement. He's raped how many fucking women allegedly? Like, like really? nine? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Why is Ben Roethlisberger allowed to make a statement? Like, that That. That for me goes gets me out of my mind. And by the way, I should be allowed to make less of a statement than they're making even now. Because I'm not as famous as them. I don't have as much money as them. What does my opinion count? Right. I'm just like it's like I don't that's know. what we do is be having opinions. Well, yeah. here's my I I'm, I'm I think I mean I think I'm with you. I'm processing what you said. I think we agree. I think we all agree on the same thing. Um, I I'm sure you guys are probably more unified with the with the taking the knee than I. I just was like in my head. I was like, ugh. It, they they kind of know what that means to like they they have to know what half of America thinks that means. Like, right. Well, my part of my problem with it is because at the end of what you were just saying there, you're like, you know, like you said, we live in L.A. and like we're in missile range. It's North Korea shit's going on, but all everybody wants to talk about is the NFL. They beat their wives and that's all bullshit whatever. Like, I agree. I also hate that it's become that because you're right. It is. It has become that. But I'm saying because they're no, they're not even really even paying attention or talking about like 
what Colin Kaepernick and the guys who you know went with him on it at first before yeah. Trump came out, what they were trying to do in the first place, which was you know make a point about racial inequality and police brutality. Well, yeah, and Trump all that. did what he always does. He made it about him, and Trump has made it about him, and like that has gotten lost, and it's and it's like. I mean, yeah, I agree that Trump's that- a fucking a, 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 a narcissistic lunatic. Yes, because because he is. I mean, there are times where I just I literally roll my eyes and go, "How do we still have him? Like, like how is this? How is this even like?" By the way, I voted for Hillary, but I did like when he got elected. I think we talked about this. I called it. You did. I called you did. it. And by the way, I'll call it. I'll make a prediction for you right now. You ready? Uh, six months. Everyone's going to be supporting Trump. Everyone. And it'll be it'll be unpatriotic not to support Trump because the North Korea. Korea. Yep, they're going to drop I've, a bomb on us. I've called that and, shit too. And, and fucking, they're going to drop a bomb on us. That will happen, and and <laughs> Trump will do the right thing because he won't. He's not going to make any of the decisions in that. The fucking generals are going to step in and go. These are our targeted attacks, and we'll destroy North Korea, and they will be out of our hair, and everyone will be behind Trump. He did the right thing. Everyone, everyone. Everyone, so That's we gonna be so fucking frustrated. The NFL is gonna not even touch. The national anthem is gonna play for the Super Bowl, and they're all gonna stand there with their hands on their hearts. I said this would happen, but I said it would be it'll be 2018, middle of 2018 before it happens. Oh, that's good. Just because that's a better that if it mid-term. happens now, there's enough time for people to forget in 2020 and rehate him. Well, if, if you go 2018, because he's the one that's he's pulling the goddamn strings. Related to that, and this is. What the part I agree with you on is that you got North Korea, Puerto Rico, and other places just running out of Houston, water. Fucking the health, South Florida, the healthcare vote, Michigan. which has been however you feel about what healthcare should be. The way they've done it recently has just been the weirdest, most clandestine, non-democratic shit show I've seen in a while. And we're talking about people kneeling. My counter, though, to you in, in general about LeBron and all this stuff is it is working. I mean, I don't think you can deny that it's getting it in the media. People are talking about it, but nothing's happening. Isn't that frustrating? Not, well, I mean, it's well, frustrating you, that's not happening fast enough, but I, I don't think I agree with you. It, again, I go back to kids. Young people are looking at this very differently than we are, and yeah. they're hopefully going to have a world to inherit, and they're going to get a shape that. And then, two, it, things have changed. I mean, there's been a lot of police forces that have made some strides. And, I mean, you know, Denver ran out with the first responders and the police chiefs, and, and that might not matter, but it might. I mean, it yeah. might, you know. What is happening is, and I didn't realize until you said this, Um. America, America's children are growing up with an abusive alcoholic father. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. that means they will never drink and hit their kids. <laughs> because, but because that's, that's essentially what I, yes, what I am hoping, hoping for is yeah. that we will amazing. come out the other, you know, I said him unifying people against him. I'm all for it is for that reason. I'm hoping that we'll come out the other side and fucking be better off for it is. I mean, well, I have to hope that because I ain't got much during the left. primaries, and it it ended up I stopped doing it because I stopped mean. Well, I didn't really mean it, but when he was just a joke, like this ain't ever gonna happen. I, I had this bit where it was essentially like maybe that's what we need as a country because that would be our bottom. That would be us waking up in a ditch, going, you know what? Maybe I need to fucking go. I need to do something yeah. like this. Falling asleep in a snowdrift and losing yeah. your foot. Yeah, right. exactly. I think I'm done like, drinking. And but then the closer right. we got, and the closer it became to like he, oh shit. He has a chance. I stopped doing that joke because I didn't want people to think that I actually meant, no, we need to just elect Donald Trump. Because at first it was just like, say it, whatever. And then yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan but of this. But that might still happen. I'm not a big fan of, uh, like, I guess, I guess ultimately what I'm saying, and maybe I'm misdirecting my frustration with LeBron because I do agree with what he's saying. I just hate that it's 
that that's who we're hearing it from. Right. I, I just right. wish that I totally agree, but I just think LeBron is like one of the least egregious examples of that is, kind of thing. You're, you're you know 100% I mean? right. Yeah. You're 100% right. You are 100% right. My frustration is where are the politicians? Do we not have any politicians? Like, are there no more? Is, we don't is, have any leaders. There are no leaders. There's no right. one that's can lead. We have a few. I mean, I think, I think the guy know, that pulled out his gun at the fucking Alabama rally, <laughs> who thinks gay, gay homosexuality should be outlawed. Did you see that guy? No. no but I, I fucking love that guy. I, I love that guy. He pulled out his fucking gun. He goes, a lot of people say, I don't believe in the second amendment. And then he fucking waves his gun on stage. And we're like, Ooh. Yeah, and no one nuts. says that about that they guy. They went fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said like, about that guy. Yeah, he's like, I think uh, gay should be outlawed too. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> snuck it in yeah, there. Yeah, while he <laughs> made had sure he had out. a gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one, no one hears what you say when there's a gun out. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh God, he's got oh, yeah. a gun. Have you guys have ever done cocaine when someone pulls a gun out? Uh, once. Oh, dude, it is the it is <laughs> it changes the mood immediately. I yeah, bet. Someone puts a pistol on the table, and whatever they say, you're uh, like, oh, uh-huh. it, it was the other way around. Guns were out, and someone pulled cocaine out. That's actually what happened to me. And that uh, was a little more handled, because he's like, no, put that away. I had two experiences where a gun went on the table. One was in Russia in a boat. Guy just pulled it out of his waistband and put it on the table. And I was like, and I was amazed at how, growing up around guns, I was amazed at how I was the one that was affected the most by it. And then another time, I was doing cocaine, and someone just put a gun on the table, and like, you know, like trying to get comfortable. And I was like, I was like, wow, whatever that guy says, I agree with. Yeah, no, me. that's not what yeah, happened. And to me. it's wild because you said growing up around guns. Because I was thinking, I've never been in a situation like that. But I was thinking, like, I mean, hell, a lot of times I go back home, go to my buddy's house. Like, we are outside shooting guns. That's like part of us getting together. No, no, yeah. that's what was happening. Shooting, you know, shooting. So, wait, so how do you guys? How do you guys talk happening. about? How do you guys talk about? Like, do you talk about firearms in your shows at all? Because I'm sure. Yeah. Your fans. No, we don't. We don't have a joke about them. Not no. really. But and they I'll, know we, where we stand. Like we, most of our fans know that we are. That's the thing that's probably the most right wing conservative about, us. about yeah. us is that we don't really have a huge problem with guns and all. As far as like, and you talk about I, being uh, comedically like shit. As far like Jim Jeffries basically covered all of it in my opinion. I don't in have that, a, in that bit. He has, you know. I know, that's right? Great. So it's my like, favorite part. Was, I ain't even gonna. Off. I like guns. Right. I like guns. That's the I, whole thing. That's I don't have it. a problem no. with guns at all, but what you said about like that changes the mood of the whole thing. We were at, me and my girlfriend at the time, my live-in girlfriend at the time, and it wasn't Amber's uh, one before that, but we were having brunch at our house. Like we had, so I mean, this is already very much who I am. So we're having brunch at our house, and we're having a bunch of people over, and we're drinking, <laughs> but like, you know, in that morning buzz, like everybody yeah, got up, yeah. some people got over there at 9.30, some 10, we're, we're drinking all day, and then one of my buddies comes up, and we're having fucking, my, you know, my, my Moses, I say it wrong, but my Moses, we're having my Moses, screwdrivers, we're getting pretty lit, and then all of a sudden, Dude just pulls out a gun and sits it on the table, and I'm like, at, at, right by the eggs. You know what I mean? Like, this is not, you know, alcohol and guns can go together when you're out. Yeah, let's get drunk and go shoot shit. But if you're having eggs and mimosas and shit, the gun, we were just like, okay, well, this is no longer, uh, this is no longer fun. Yeah. I, you have the right to do that, but we're drunk. No one's going to hurt you here. You pulling that out, I'm tense as shit. Like, I'm tensing up thinking about it. Just oh, like, yeah. We were like, shooting fuck. guns and drinking at a cabin, and then. They were, and then the guns were just still out, and then someone pulled out cocaine. But now I'm remembering it. We didn't do it. Like that's how responsible we were in our job. We were like, you didn't no, do the put cocaine? that away. You can't do I, cocaine and guns that's together. That's what I'm saying. We I were like, later. I snorted off the barrel. Well, here's why we don't. We have, a, we have a gun, but we have a lock on it. And here's the reason I put on a lock on it is we were walking through the grocery store one day, and Isla, my youngest, was pushing the cart, and she was 
hitting strangers on the back of the heels with the cart. Like she would hit. It happened to one lady, and then the lady was like, "Oh, I went, oh, I'm so sorry." And then we did it. She did it to a guy, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I go, "Baby, what are you doing?" She's like, "What?" She does it to another person. I go, "Isla." That's the third time. She goes, yeah, I like the look on their face when I do it. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, I can't have a gun around that kid. No, no. She's the kind of kid going, these don't really uh, work, do they? Right, oh. right. How old was she? This was probably two years ago. So like maybe nine, that's, eight, nine that, or eight. That's amazing. But well, we know how Bert's going to die. What's that? So we know how Burke's gonna die. Yeah, uh, so we have a gun. It's, it's next to my bed. I don't know why. I'm not the one gonna shoot anybody, but it's got a lock on it. So it would take fucking forever to get the lock off. My right. wife's like, "There's no point in having a goddamn gun if you got to have a lock on it. You put it under your bed. You put it in between your mattress." Because for our <laughs> listeners that don't know, we talked about this on your podcast last time. Your wife is from my neck of the woods. Yeah, legit, Bremen, She's right? Very yeah. legit, Bremen. Yeah. So everybody, everybody, <laughs> they got that. chickens in the yard. We, I talk about Chickamauga all the time. We played. Bert's wife's team in football. That's how he married a goddamn redneck. Hardcore. Yeah, and a good one, too. Y'all, Dude, they literally have chickens in the yard. I'm looking yeah. at She the just roasters. built that new chicken coop. We had yeah. a better one. She just built that last week by herself. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's she's pretty hot to me. She, it, dude, she, she, this is, she's this kind of redneck where I said, I woke up, I slept really late today, and I woke up and I was like, hey, I, I got to clean out the man cave. Cause, uh, those guys are coming over. Um, will you help me do that? She's like, yeah. And so I go make a cup of coffee. I go back. I'm like, I will take a shower first and then I'll go back. I come out from the shower and I was like, Georgia or Leanne. And she's gone. She's just doing it herself. She's like, she's like one of those persons that goes, I'm, I'm time to do it. Time to do it. Like, yeah, she's just a, oh, yeah. uh, like I call it a lowland Scott mentality. Uh-huh. Like those low level Scott, like the lowland Scots who are just like, I need a list of shit to do today and I'm doing it all. I think some, can I just be really sincere and you tell me what you think? I think the biggest problem with the South is that they were raised that hard work and, and doing shit, just do working idle hands of the devil's workshop, mm-hmm. that that is the, ha- the key to happiness. Okay. And so right. I think there are a lot of people in no, our family who don't work for dreams. They don't work for goals. Mm-hmm. They don't try to get out of anything other than making sure they dig a hole every day. Right. Making sure they feed the chickens, making sure they do their chores, as opposed to like, what do I want to be in life? Dude, me and my wife were actually just having this exact conversation very recently. And I mean, I, I'm completely on the same page as you. And this is about to be very raven how uh, pretentious and political this is about to be. We were talking about uh, like a universal basic income and how people where we're from will never fucking go for it. Because of that reason, of what you just said, yeah. they're raised to believe that it's like you work, you work for a living, you and it, you know and everything will be all right. Her dad, my father-in-law, he that dude, he blows my mind, man. And I got all, I got so much respect for him, but like he he drives like an hour and a half to work because he has to because they live in this tiny little town. Yeah. So he drives an hour and a half each way to work. He works like ten hours. He's a laborer. He's doing manual labor all day. <sighs> he comes home. He goes straight out back to the garage where he's sanding a damn table down or something you know what i mean or he's working on his uh, youngest daughter's car or whatever every goddamn day like he's never just yeah, my dad's that way ever. andy's dad's that way yeah it's yeah. almost like uh southern prozac it's and like it's just keep yourself well, and there busy. is something to that and you're right maybe it keeps you from getting like better things and you know what i mean from being able to like have a long-term plan but there is something to the like keeping busy prevents you from feeling sorry for yourself or being depressed too you know yeah. my wife's dad comes out and he literally 
just starts looking for projects. Right. Like he, he doesn't just come out and go, hey, let's go to Universal Studios. Or, right. Hey, you guys want to go? Like, he's like. <laughs> Be queer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He, he's like, uh, let's organize a garage. Let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build this, uh, what you call it? Andy's dad had a lung removed and was outside working in the field two months later. Oh, oh. That, that, that work. And by the way, as I said that, I went, what would America be without those people? Right. You know, like, well, yeah, that's like, again, like, oh, not I, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the mentality. Yeah, right. No, it's confirming though that, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a huge cultural well, thing. Well, like anything, it has negatives and positives to it. You started right. with the negatives, but yeah. there's certainly positives. There's certainly positive. Oh, I, I bet there are way better people than me. I bet there's a lot. I bet rednecks in the South and probably just, let's just say, let's just say, um, whatever that is. I don't know what socioeconomic. But there's that 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 person exists in Michigan also. Well, my, they, that's my fiance's my fiance's dad. It's all that, but he's from Iowa, and yeah. there's a shit ton of them out there. I mean, he's ne- the man never does not work at all. I'm, he doesn't. Period. He works until he physically like passes out, almost working. Is like, oh shit, I better go to bed to so work. I can get up and work. That's yeah. that's my father-in-law. Man. There's, that, there's the female version of that who's never been sick. Like, you yeah. just had women in my community who just, like, they just have my never mom. gotten a cold. It's like, you've yeah. had a cold. You, you just did. don't tell anybody right. about it. No, my mom, I, I can point to, like, twice that I can remember her ever being sick. And one of them was just, she got vertigo, and you literally can't move. I can't I, keep up with Andy's mom. Andy's mom has, like, arthritis. Her fingers are, like, mangled looking. We go out in the garden. I can't keep up with her. Yeah. Like, after an hour, I'm like, Angela, I got to go in. You know what I mean? That's the positive. The negative, one time we was working out there and I wasn't working hard enough. And she's like, you know, I understand slavery. You know, it doesn't have to be based on race, but I wish I owned some people who would actually work hard, you piece of shit. <laughs> and she's like, not you're black s- people, Drew. Uh, and I was like, so slavery. lazy. You made your mother-in-law, like, appreciate Racist. the concept of slavery. I, I, I appreciate you making <laughs> that so my lazy. fault. But A, it was actually my brother in the story. I just didn't want to get into right. it. And B, it's mostly her. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, we're about probably we're gonna get end out on of that. Here. Yeah, we're gonna end on your mama wanting slavery to be come back. No, I was. We yeah, we're about to wrap it up. We've been about an hour and a half. Yeah, hour this, and is, half? this is the longest one we've ever done. By oh, really? And I mean, I, hell, I know I could well, sit here that's and talk all day. How's the podcast going with for another guys? with a, another person? I mean, no, I don't know. Just the interview part. It's going good. Oh, I don't know if you know this or if they mentioned why I was out or not, but like you are pretty much the reason this Did, even you, exists. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, really? was told that you told us. You're, this is why we have the exact same thing. You're like, get the zoom. <laughs> I got two of them now. <laughs> you're like, get the zoom. Okay, so you were like, dude, I'm telling you, since I started, once I started blowing up, I'm selling tickets better. I'm yada yada yeah. yada. And we wanted to do it, but we were such on the road. We're like, well, when you you go, just fucking do it. Go out and buy one of these things, and you're you you're in the hotel. Fucking do it, man. You're right. Since we started this, and we're only we this is a this will end up being like our 35th or 36th episode or something like that. Um, so we started back in February, but like it's taken off and like we're have people come up to the show. We listen to the podcast. They people fucking constantly will something will happen on the podcast and they'll Photoshop a funny thing from it. And it's really helping the like. Fans stay connected and shit, and yeah. So you were you were correct about something. Yeah, in your you life. told us you okay, asked thank if you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you asked if we had one, and we said no. And you're like, well, you're fucking up. You yeah, should. you're fucking and up. Yeah. And you went over all the reasons why, and then I, we pretty much left here like he's right. We need to do that. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is all you. So yeah, it's, you're a co-founder of this, actually. Yeah. Well, thank you. It, it, this I, I think this medium for me is the easiest way to connect with fans. It is right. Like Rob Delaney, I think is the guy's name. He was really big on Twitter yeah, yeah. because right. he's a good joke writer. He could write something really quick and funny. Right. Um, my brain doesn't work that way. I mean, I write jokes like that, but they're, 
I, th- I don't use them because they're it's not it's not I'm more of a long form guy. Right. So I feel like you got to hear me tell it is my thing. Yeah. If it's on right, Twitter. Right. It's like if you if you're a fan of mine and you understand my context and how I say things, I think you'll laugh. But it's like Jim Jeffrey said. He's like if if you just print my act out, it's, it's a, a bad, bad read. read. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's. I think we were funnier on Twitter because of this podcast, because right. people know who we are more yeah. now, and they feel like they know us, then it makes more sense. It's a shorthand. I said to someone, I was talking with, uh, I forget who it was. Uh, I wish I could, because it, I, I, I don't, it's not my independent thought. But we were talking about, um, there. there's a cheat code in comedy now where it's it you have fans, and the fans come out, and you don't really necessarily have to Write the act you did when you were younger. Right. You can, and and is that a cheat or is it not a cheat? And then his response, I wish I could remember who said this. Um, it was a famous comedian, but he said, "Well, I'll ask you this. Uh, did you like Lost?" And I said, "Yeah, it's one of my favorite shows ever." And he said, "So I could just go in and watch season six, episode eleven, and that's going to be a great show." And I said, "Well, you're not going to get it." And he goes, "Exactly." He goes, "There's comics like that." And then mm-hmm. there's comics that are like Seinfeld. You can watch any episode of Seinfeld and you get it within ten it's seconds. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Any episodes of Friends and you're like, I get it. Towards right. the end, you couldn't. Towards the end, you're like, wait, there's a, so Who's many pregnant. Back- Who got this? Yeah. yeah. And so he's like, he's like, you know, I think that's where you lie is this this place where you've established yourself as a comedian. This is what I do. This is what I make. I put out a lot of free content and I hope you enjoy it. But when you come to my show, if there's something you don't get, ask the guy next to you. Like, uh, not, and not that my act is so nuanced from like, so, you know, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking forward in my man cave and you know what I'm staring at, right, everybody? And they're like, huh? But it's like, I say something about Isla and they'll cheer and they right. go, they know Isla because they yeah. heard her about, they've met her on my podcast. Right. Um, but I love this format and I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing it. I think, I think the one thing that it'll help with you guys is that, and I'm sure you guys see this now, but you got, you, you get discovered for one thing. Like for me, it was the the thing that every everyone found me on was the Russian mob story, right? Which, which you know, I don't know, I don't know what your term of virability is, but all I know is that like it got more downloads than anything I've been associated with, right? And then people would steal it. Did they do that to you? They they oh, yeah. they grab it and then they post it as a, yeah. And then and then yep. uh, I saw you had one where it's like somebody stole it from you and their shit got twenty five million views. Oh, that dude's got eighty six million views God now. Damn. And mine mine's got twenty nine. It's kind of stalled because I don't repost it all the time. I don't I don't know the algorithm of Facebook, but um, but I I told everyone I was like take it, post it. I don't give a shit. It's me telling it. People are gonna yeah. come want to see me. Right. But uh, but they found me from the machine story. But what I do is I definitely do the machine story and I do a version of that and everything. But I also do um. Also, I'm a very layered person where I talk about other stuff in my act. And so if you find me from the machine and maybe you find the podcast or maybe you find me on stand-up or maybe you find some of my videos on Instagram, you start putting them all together going, oh, I kind of like this guy. He's putting out content nonstop. Oh, great. I'm at work. I get to fucking listen to this. And I think that for you guys, you guys come in with this well-read comedy of of like agenda, people wanting them to – backup but you also get to show other parts of your personality oh where, yeah where when this country writes itself and and whatever happens to trump happens to trump he gets you know whatever you know whatever we you know what we're talking about mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, <laughs> but like uh, like he gets kicked out or there's a coup d'etat or whatever the fuck's gonna happen and america starts to go back into this middle ground where where um like you guys will have legit fucking careers Talking about your ideas in, in like a Jim Jeffries way, right. where you can also then 
that's not all they you want to you can hear other things right this will allow you to branch out to so many different like little conversations you have you'll find that they call out like like uh like uh, people always go uh talk about jelly giving your dad uh uh, uh, uh marijuana and you're like I- Huh? I get called so, Papaw Batman once a show. Yeah, That's a conversation we had. And it's, a, it's in, but yeah. this organic friendship yeah. that you share with people will it'll it'll allow them the opportunity to truly embrace you. So I'm I'm very glad. I'm very proud to say that I'm I was a part of the reason you guys did this. But I'm very yeah, glad I mean, you guys did this. Uh, I'm also this makes me happy and relaxed too because I'm always like nervous about what we were talking about earlier about you get locked into an identity or whatever you know. Yeah. People will tweet at us and be like, so when we go see you live, is Mr. Butt going to be there? Mr. Butt is just when we fart into the microphone and say, Mr. Butt, what do you have to say about this? And then fart into the microphone. So it's like they're already realizing that there's a different side to these very they, serious they just people. Found you, they just found you because, like, for me, it's probably booze. Like, you know, uh-huh. I think I think booze or partying or having a good time, cutting loose, doing shots. They find me through that, through the machine. Oh, something crazy. But then... They also have kids. They also fart. They also have sex with their wife. There's there's it's a lot of things we also do together. Fart. Also, yeah. yeah. And that's that'll be the the one thing that this podcast will deliver to you guys is this this fucking dialogue with your fans that is it's like it's like uh, it's like a radio show. Well, yeah, honestly, if there's I one mean, thing I want to accomplish, of course, it's like a radio show. Right. No, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but it's it's a shit ton of fun. If there's one thing I do want to accomplish with that comedy, it's getting progressives to just admit that they fart. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and that their shit stinks sometimes. Yeah, I, I'd like to. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> My wife fucking rips them. Yeah, <laughs> that's Bert's mission: getting getting liberals to admit that they fart. It started um, here. So where are you guys that's, at? Where are you guys do tour dates? I don't think I, I don't know if I, I want. Corey, Corey doesn't separately and puts them in the front. I mean, no, yeah, no, 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 no. I was actually about to ask if you had anything you wanted. Chicago, to Chicago, that's it. Okay, When's October, that? middle October, and then where uh, are you at in Chicago? Uh, improv. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. and then uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I'm touring the rest of the year, right. but uh, yeah, but so far out. Okay. Yeah. If you guys want to come see me, by the way, I don't talk politics on stage. So if you disagree with anything I thought, you probably won't hear that on stage unless I'm drunk. In which case. <laughs> I go on which, a tirade. You are all the time. All the time. Right. Every time I'm on stage, I'm fucking hammered. <laughs> just yelling out, I can beat any Asian in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Bert. We Thank appreciate you guys. It, I appreciate love you, brother. I love you. Thank you all for listening to the Well Read Show. We'd love to stick around longer, but we got to go. Tune in next week if you got nothing to do. Thank you. God bless you. Good night and skew.